This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. Comic Book Click is on Patreon, guys. For as little as $0.10 cents a day or $3 a month, not only can you help keep the lights on here at Comic Book Click headquarters, but your donation gives you access to exclusive content like CBC commentaries, polls where you can choose what content we cover next, and special behind-the-scenes footage of things here at Comic Book Click. Visit Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse today and become a Patreon. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, and it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by ComicBookClick.com, and as always, I am never alone, sir, if you could please introduce yourself. I am the Long Kwanzaa, Gregory Thomas, aka GT Rebirth. <laughs> long Kwanzaa. Wow. Doesn't that sound wow. like an X-rated film? That's great. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wow. <laughs> well, the long Kwanzaa isn't here by himself. Other sir, if you could please introduce yourself. What's up, everybody? It's John Escudero, aka Yogi. Yogi is here in the house. GT Rebirth is here in the house. We're here to continue our road, our trip down Gotham City Lane, down Crime Alley Lane, I guess. Oh no! <laughs> oh, oh no. that don't end well. We all have helmets. It's a, it's cool. Oh, geez. and but and bulletproof vests. John, but, hide your pearls. <laughs> <laughs> he's clutching them man he don't feel safe in this neighborhood <laughs> but regardless yeah man we're here we're here to talk the dark knight um the nolan trilogy like we were saying we're celebrating it it's 10 years old at this point uh i guess let's just get right into it when was the last time you guys saw this film prior to watching it for this um, for me, actually, it wasn't that long ago because I had just gotten um, the 4K after uh, I think it was I think Best Buy was just basically giving them a bunch of wave in a sale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I, I was going to say I also watched it last uh, year because I bought the freaking 4K set, <laughs> the trilogy, and I was like, oh, nice. How gorgeous is that, man? Very, because Christopher Nolan and his IMAX scenes especially the beautiful truck scene in the center of the movie mm. full all imax big yep. screen love it, it a huge deal at the time um so well there's been a batman movie in between that last viewing and this one right so you've sandwiched yeah dark knight the batman and dark knight <laughs> uh with that being said you know what I gotta? What I'm gonna ask? You know, mm-hmm. I, you know what? You know what? We, uh, you, you, eventually, we gotta we gotta pit them against we, each other. We, we gotta point, t- right? we gotta t- we gotta talk about it. Everyone was saying the Batman was better than the Dark Knight. Having recently, I mean, in the last six months, have watched both. What do you gentlemen think? My preference is technically still on the Dark Knight. I just prefer what it's going for. I prefer the 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 story and the pace and the themes and the music like it, I, it it it's it's not to say that the other one is is even better inferior but it it fills my preference a bit more 
Yeah, yeah, the Dark Knight is uh, where I stand too. It's just I I can't really explain it. It's just a better movie. I mean, about what, every time it ends, I just want to stand up and cheer. <laughs> I um I think it's one of those things where when something right now we are whether you want to consider it blessed or we're cursed because we have so much comic book content out right now, mm-hmm. and it your mind can be forgiven for getting some of the stuff uh, from the past. And I I felt like at one point it just became law that the Dark Knight was just great. And mm-hmm. thus I stopped trying to watch it and examine it. It was just where it was, you know, and I kept it in that glass container. We accepted it. There was no discussion to be had. Exactly. <laughs> and then the Batman comes out and I remember thinking to myself, wow, I really like that film. And then people immediately started saying, yeah, man, better than the dark knight or as good as the dark knight and i started to look up at that glass case and say wait a minute do i have to you know like do i have to reappraise uh this and i i'll stick to what i said again i prefer the dark knight i wish we didn't have to disparage the batman and i'm not i don't even think we're doing that um what i think is i think that the batman had to do a lot of the heavy lifting that dark knight didn't because of batman begins and yeah. because of that, I do think there's a possibility that perhaps the film after the Batman can stand a chance against the Dark Knight because all the heavy lifting will have been done. Now, you would have to have expertly followed up all the breadcrumb trails you um, you know, laid, like I feel like Nolan did in this. But yeah, man, going back to this, just like I said last week, just the, it felt familiar and the every scene feels like it has an iconic line in it mm-hmm. right like every scene feels like it has a line you remember this film for um and it is just wall-to-wall scenes that you remember loving about this um it's high on everyone's list as a top superhero film but do you guys think it stands the test of time um if i if i can just interject for a few se- for a quick second to sort of I can be serious for a moment. For if I can be serious for a minute, which I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go in that direction. So (laughs) stay with me here. Um, It, I think it's very interesting when that sort of happens when you've sort of accepted the plaque on the wall is going to stay there forever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Because I, I remember when this happened with wrestling, and it was a big deal for people because it it was almost sacrilege or sacrosanct, whichever one of those words is correct. You let me know later. (laughs) Um, To say like, oh. Like Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat is the greatest two out of three falls match to ever happen, and we will never touch it ever again. And like two or three decades later, Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada happens. It was just like, uh, sir, did we take that down? Right? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. But right. Like, and and who gets to take it down? Right? Like who gets? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, but, yeah. but it almost but it, it it almost feels wrong to take down this revered thing at this point. It was like, do I just retire it like the numbers? Yeah. And like you said, it just becomes preference at that point, right? It like, really does. Um, depending on what you what you're looking for in this, um, was uh, did, uh, Yogi? How did how did it stand up? How did it hold? Yeah, up? it's still the greatest freaking superhero movie I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. I mean, okay. tell me, I watch it and I and I think the same things you guys are thinking. Like, man, you. I even think to myself, man, maybe I over, maybe I oversold it to myself. Maybe it's not as good as I remember. It. And yeah. then I get to the fucking scene and they flip the truck, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> a real ass like, truck. 
They did that in real life. life. They did that in real life. Oh, my God. Heath Ledger really stood there while a man on a motorbike just came speeding toward him. Yes. It's it's amazing. And then you get the picture of him. And then you get the picture of him kick flipping over it. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, for me, it's uh, as, as much as some of those incredible physical and uh, visual things are happening. It's like, God damn, this script is so tight. And yeah. it's just like every setup is paid off and paid off so satisfactory. Yeah. And when you like, I think the film we do this a lot when we review this stuff, right? Where if I'm watching this film for the first time, I don't know what to expect. So I'm watching it and I'm trying to let it tell me what the story is. Yeah. And then after a while, when I kind of get my hands around what, what I think it is, I start to look at what the alternate stories that they're also trying to tell besides the main popcorny kind of quick story that they're trying to tell. Right. Mm-hmm. And with this, um, you know, me and Yogi, we were kind of talking off air about this, like, there's so much of the long Halloween in this that uh-huh. I think when you when you watch it with that background and you look at it as like the tragedy of Harvey Dent, like as like the biggest victim of what yeah. Gotham is going through, this weird transformative period where people are, where villainhood is going to change from regular villains to supervillains, you know, the regular mob to you know these mega terrorists. Um, and for Harvey to be like the first main victim, big victim of that, um, as like the person sacrificed in this weird war between Batman and Joker in this, it's so right. compelling when when looked at through that lens. And like you said, the script is so tight that like even for a second, I was gonna say, well, you know, you could have trimmed some of the stuff like the Mister Reese stuff, but that actually leads up to a point where you see how crazy Joker is because he decides halfway through his you know uh plan I, you know what i don't even care who batman is i don't yeah. care and i'll kill the guy who wants to tell us like mm. you know then like it goes it goes through the uh it goes through there like that and it becomes it becomes so great because you can watch it at so many different angles it's not just telling one story it's that People often compare Nolan making a film to like a watchmaker crafting a watch and all the little intricate pieces and cogs and all that kind of stuff. All the all the Doctor Manhattan of it all, uh-huh. um, you know. And it works here. Only issue. Okay. Wish I had Katie Holmes. That's it. Oh uh, that's it. I I'm, I'm nah, weird about slight, it. It's I, super slight. No, it's not even no. that. It's not even that big. I'm it's, weird no, that's about the it. one thing. That's the one <laughs> thing about this movie. Like if you could call the movie per, like if it was if it could be a ten, it's a nine point nine because motherfucking Katie <laughs> fucking Holmes decided that. What what movie? What garbage did she run? Mad off money. Mad yeah, money. She deserved that. She deserved yeah. that to happen to I, her. When I watch Batman Begins and then I watch Dark Knight right behind it, I can't help but think even if you even if she's a bit performative and maybe a bit like uh hyper expressive, I just find Gyllenhaal to be the better actor. I I don't I don't even disagree. My my issue is if if Maggie would have been in the first film. I let's say that. Katie totally Holmes would not have been around. If Maggie yeah. had been in the first film, I don't think I would have just rubbed against you, it. You never thought about the it. The wrong way. But like all like the stuff that she does with Harvey, I feel like should oh cause us a bit she, of pain. 
right? Because we're like, I, we remember her doing that with Bruce or seemingly, you know, we yeah. wanted those yeah. two together. I don't have the same connect. Um, and it, 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 I should. It just, I just. There's a bit I'm of like, that, but I got to say, like, I don't I ever, I don't even think I ever said this before. I hate, I think, I think I hate her in this movie. You think, <laughs> I, I think so. She's so, she's so exaggerated. And it's I, like I, I'm saying the whole movie. That's, that's the whole movie is, man. is on like the whole movie is on like an eight. We're all in an eight here together. We're all in an eight. We've agreed to an eight. She's at a ten. Maggie, get back down here. Come on. What, what's John's, what's, John's just behind the camera, just like, can you reel it? I just need you to reel it in just a I little need bit. You to pull it back a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. What's something like off the top of your head that you, you think of when you the think restaurant. of like? Yeah. I mean, it's not even just a scene. It's it's her. It's her eyebrows. It's what she It's the way she's saying things. It's I, like, I, hi, hi. Yeah. Like, no, the, we're not. The one high. delivery I, I wasn't a fan of was the whole like and Caesar and they killed him. And like, what are you talking about? Like, we're all just having a conversation. Like, relax. I think the restaurant, the restaurant is the one that sticks out. But like, it's the whole movie. It's I, the just whole ima- I just imagine John being very bothered by that one scene where she's like <laughs> almost turned on by the fact that someone nearly murdered her boyfriend. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, just yoked him up. Bruce, like wow! Though, if you're not, if you're, if you're not getting shot at, you're not doing it right. No, fuck. Yeah, that like, see, that that's another. Shit, and then what happened? And then what happened? It's not yeah. even what she's saying. It's just how she's saying it. I'm telling you. Like Listen. I said, she's performative in it. I will, I will, I will absolutely give that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a theater. Um, watch for you guys when this came out. No, uh, no, no, it was interesting. Not. I, I, I was able to see this in theaters when it came out. That's interesting. What was it? 2008. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was gonna say I was busy uh, with having a baby and not and be, not being prepared for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, somebody else's origin story began. <laughs> Is anyone adequately prepared for it? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I don't even. I don't think so. Not even those people that read the books. Like, right. we got it. No, they only know one baby. I feel like I feel like you're almost. I feel like you're almost less prepared if you read the books because then the books <laughs> give you an expectation for the baby to throw in your yeah, face. Yeah, and they only know one baby. I'm telling you, <laughs> he, no more. He's babies. not grabbing the spoon. <laughs> the books. Do, do, said, do you have any it. other answers? Oh, that's all I have. I only. Got. I'm gonna get him checked out. I think he's freaking. <laughs> I think he's broken. <laughs> Send it back. It needs to be repaired. Oh, this is this is what I wanted to say, and I I I this is a theory that I'm coming on, um, okay. that but it but by the next movie I think it will be solidified that like one of the other tragic parts of this trilogy is watching Alfred throughout this thing, right? Because mm-hmm. like in the beginning, it's like he treats to me in the beginning, it's like. Bruce Wayne is a child still. Like he's treating Bruce like a child. And Bruce yeah. is doing something that he doesn't approve of, but it's a phase. And if he tells him he can't do it, he's gonna do it anyway. We spoke about this in the last episode, right? Yeah, yeah. But, my, my my vision of it, it was always I don't like this, but if I don't go along with it, I've lost him. Right. I got a different feeling in this movie. I didn't no, no, and no, 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 no. I'm saying that's yeah, that, 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 yeah. that's 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 what begins. begins. In I, this, it's like you need to relax. Like this is this is getting out of control. You need to relax, and if you don't relax, it's just gonna get more out of control. It, it yeah. becomes like it becomes like how you find like if you find out somebody 
occasionally does coke or you know dr drinks right <laughs> and stuff and it's like okay it's like okay you know he's having fun it's fine and then it's like okay bro like relax by the next one it's like i'm gonna leave like i don't you obviously don't know your limits here you're obviously not and watching the parent figure go through those steps of like enabling and then kind of like trying to pull it back and trying yeah. to tell him like you know you need to relax and you're not immortal and all those other kind of things like trying to teach him like a, like a speeding teenager or yeah. a teenager on drugs or any of those kind of things like just know know that you are mortal and know that there are which, dangers out there and then which, the last one where he's just like i'm out of here which instantly comes with like some terrible guilt because now you know you could have nipped this in the bud from the start yeah i don't think yeah. I, I don't think alfred could have ever nipped it i think he could have been sure. i think he could have disapproved but he just would have got closed out of bruce's life like okay well you can go i will hire someone sure, but like i like even like even if you don't believe that at first like like that's the thought that comes to you once you've lost control of the train even <laughs> if it, and even yeah even if it if it's, even if it's not rooted in actual logic you put that guilt it, on yourself if you there's know. anything he should feel guilty for, it's in this movie. He was here for it all. Yeah. He was yeah. like, Bruce, listen, Bruce. Yeah. I know you like this bitch, but oh. Batman. <laughs> like, focus. Yeah. We're we're Batman. Yeah. Okay. And like he's <laughs> just sort of at the point where it's just like, look, Bruce, if you're gonna do this Batman thing, we gotta do it all he full is, bear. Yeah, yeah, he is so <laughs> he is so ready to be like if you're gonna be Batman, we're gonna do this right. Yeah. Okay? But I think it, I think that comes with something that's said later on where I think, I don't know if it's after the Rachel thing or after, you know, some of the bodies start dropping where he tells Alfred, like, it, this has gone, like, too crazy. Joker's crossed the line. And he's like, no, 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 no. You fucking crossed the line, bro. Like, uh, if I'm keeping score here, it was you. And I told you if you went and did that, that people were going to get upset. And then you did it. And now people are upset. Like, this is the you price you've got to pay. I don't even think he said it like a you got to pay thing. He just said it like, this is the way things it's are. It's the life. Okay. This is the life that you're in now. This is it. This is not even just you. This is what it is. But you know what you... it is? It's, it's sort of, it's one of the more interesting things that, like, I think a lot of people go through where a bad thing happens and you're almost taught either by your parents or by storytelling or by all sorts of things that if you just retaliate, the thing just goes away. Yeah. And it's just like, no, no, it doesn't. Right. Right. Sometimes they fight back. Yeah. Alfred's great because Bruce is like, well, did you ever catch? Like, Alfred gives the whole uh, analogy the whole about yeah. the bandit and that steals the diamonds, but he just does it for a sport. And Bruce is like, well, did you ever catch it? Yeah, we burned the forest down. Which, we with, burned it down. <laughs> which, also, which also, like, that line, I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Prestige, but there's, a, there's almost a very similar setup where he tells a story, but he doesn't give the right ending. And so later on, late, like he tells it in the first third of the movie. And at the end of the movie, the person asks him like, oh, so what really happened? Whatever. And he gives that, he just drops that mic, like that one line, like you said, like, and we burned it to the ground. Yeah. You know, and I was, and then both of them are known in movies. I was like, you knew he could do that, bro. You're like, tell the story <laughs> and then leave the ending off and then we'll come back around and we'll get to that. And we'll tell them why this, <laughs> we'll tell yeah, them why I, this journey goes terrible for everyone. I really dig gung ho Alfred. I don't think I ever noticed how gung ho he was for this <laughs> Batman thing. I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Not, not quite yet. Um, budding alcoholic Alfred like um, Jeremy Irons <laughs> is. 
Yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, one of the compasses ends up being kind of Lucius Fox in a way, right? He yes. ends up being one of the ones to be like, uh, I get that you think that this is right in the grand scheme, but on paper, this is wrong <laughs> or whatever. Bruce is like, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. That's great. Use the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about it after. And you Whose know, names on the tower, bro? <laughs> what's interesting to me about it is like, um, that whole plot point with the the sonar and 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 the monitoring stuff is interesting because it reads two different ways. If you want to, if you only connected it to comics, then it's like, oh, it's 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 the brother eye thing, and that's a you know you get a little a hint of that, but definitely. At the same time, it's also Nolan just like really poking fun at real life and some of the ridiculous stuff that was going on at the time with um Yeah, the uh, Patriot Act, right? The Patriot Act, yeah, and 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 the uh the the sort of although it may seem a bit more far removed from when the film came out, the the still very real sort of post nine eleven actions that like the government takes to secure itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You think about um, all the justifications for tapping phones, for knowing people's phone records, credit card mm -hmm. information for, you know, like uh, all your like ring devices, send yeah. all that data to local police departments. Um, you know, like we've signed some agreements without knowing that sacrifice our privacy for security or a seemingly sacrifice our privacy for security. And I think if a lot of people knew that that trade was happening, they wouldn't make it. And like you said, in this movie, Batman doesn't give those people a choice uh -huh. that instantly turns Lucius like, wait a minute. Like, okay. Nope. This is bad. This is wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He definitely uh, goes off on that tangent here. So um, one of the things that I felt was, like going to be a little difficult is that like we got to talk joker and the not that that's difficult but it what do we say that hasn't been said like is that sure. one of those kind of kind of things there in general um, about how great his hair is no <laughs> there you go I, i'll i'll say that while not a out and out hater i was trepidatious about this casting Oh, oh, about the casting. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I was never like, oh, I'm never going to watch this. And he could never. I was always just like him. Huh? Mm. Huh? And then they just had that that promo photo of him shot from an angle with just the red on his mouth. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, I don't know, like, I'm not sure about this, but obviously one of the most iconic portrayals, one of the most iconic character designs um, in Batman su superhero or you know, movie lore. Uh, what do you think? Even watching it now, even after seeing the parodies, after you've seen, you know, the top ten lists, after all that stuff, after getting f three Jokers since then, uh, GT. What do you think of of uh, the Joker in this? Uh, still, my still absolutely my favorite. Um, I just I sort of love the like the the existential psychological torture that he just kind of ex extends to everybody around him yeah um the only one that that only bothers me <laughs> because he was so easy to get was the one cop that he fucks with when he when he's stuck in the interrogation room oh yeah yeah <laughs> i was like I, you're such a bitch i kind of want to see how that went <laughs> you know, I see, you know, how, how you turned it around yeah how that went uh 
John, we know how you feel about Leto's Joker, you know, but how do you feel about Ledger's Joker having revisited the character? I always say I think I I love the way he encapsulates the the agent of chaos uh, aspect of the Joker, of the real Joker. I think he's a very different Joker, though. Like he's. He his Joker belongs in that world and nowhere else. Yes, he's, yeah. he can't if, if, because he he's not my definitive Joker for sure. Like, but he's a great fucking Joker for that movie, for that story, for the for what for what was trying to be presented to us for the thought they were trying to provoke. That is the perfect character for that. I think that's an irony to the idea that he rep to, that he to you represents and in the film names himself as sort of an agent of chaos even though he's clearly very meticulous yeah yeah it's not it's not even about what it's not even about like actual weird low-key out of control chaos even though that's the way it's presented it's more like uh the way he controls the so the so called chaos it's yeah he it's it's very joker it's very joker he is he is a uh he is a maestro of chaos it feels like it's out of control, but it isn't. Um, you bring up a, a, a interesting point because do you necessarily think that your favorite portrayal of a superhero has to be the definitive? No, no. I mean, no. It if it, it's it, 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 those two things don't have to be the same. They can be though. Interesting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's nice when it is. If if, <laughs> oh, if yeah. your favorite version of the hero is the definitive version of the hero, then. Or any, any, not even hero, just a character, any character. Any, and that's any, what, that's what I like, I, I'm not 100% sure if Ledger is my Joker, but he's probably my favorite. Like, if I boiled it down, if I did the math, all that kind of stuff. But, like, like number one with the bullet, Gary Oldman and Aaron Eckhart in this, definitive. Mm. Definitive. Like, I don't... Yeah, really, my, Gordon, my Gordon is always yeah, Gary Oldman. Like, Gary Oldman can't be touched. I hear that I, voice every time. And, the, and to be to be fair, I'm sorry to cut you off. To be fair, J.K. Simmons is a fantastic choice, but it it doesn't it's it's not as good to me. No, no, I I, I get that, and I feel like um, we're gonna see like like Hugh Jackman. I don't think I think it works because we're used to it, but the next person is no matter who it is is not gonna fit. <laughs> Just because of where the way the way the mind works, we're gonna have to see them under all the makeup. Hugh Jackman. No, I'm saying Hugh Jackman for Wolverine. Oh, okay, yes, yes. Like okay, as a yes, definitive yes. version of that character. Yes. Um, it. I don't think when he was casted, people would be like, "Oh, that's the definitive Wolverine." He just did enough that we know that Wolverine does. <laughs> yeah, I don't like, think. Yeah. I don't think the goal should be for people to be like, "Yeah, I'm trying to make the. I'm trying to create the perfect combination of the Joker. This is going to be the one." I just yeah. think sometimes things end up the way they end up, and I can look at them in hindsight and be like, "Yeah, that's a great Joker for this universe." <laughs> I, I think I think that around Nicholson, that sentiment is is there. Like, just just do your version, like Romero. Even even probably with this, but I think post this, after the Oscar, it becomes. I need to be the the most definitive version of or whatever you know. And I don't think uh, it should yikes. be that way. But I think that that's the way these actors are coming. You don't do an entire Joker film, right? If there's not, if you're not trying to put your, you know, your, your, your stamp, 
your stamp on this whole thing. Um, maybe we have gotten too Joker centric since this. I mean, oh, this God. a bunch I'm, of I'm books. I'm still already annoyed that we've already got another one. <laughs> Three other ones. <laughs> I have to remind everyone. <laughs> oh my god! I believe there's three uh, living universes right now where there's a Joker just chilling somewhere. So I just, I, I, I was, I was disappointed once they found out. Once I found out they put Barry Colgan in the other movie or whatever, however you say yeah. his name, I was just like, oh great, but you couldn't get one movie that won me a bet. I made Did a it. Bet. Yeah, I made a bet before we movie came out, before the rumors came out. I said they will not be able to restrain themselves from having a Joker reference, something. I didn't think he was going to be in it, but I was mm. like, something. They won't be able to because they, they just can't. They're like Sony. like They just don't know what they're doing in these situations. So what happens, not only is he in it, like, like not only is he featured in it, but they wanted him in it in it like for a yeah. full scene and everything and i'm like you really just couldn't wait like just have the confidence no just restraint have the confidence. no restraint like batman sells himself he totally can if you just let him but yeah they they're not fans of that um let's get into this film and this plot i got a couple of uh little imdb bits of trivia that are a bit funny some interesting Ooh. um and some enraging but oh, we'll no. <laughs> we go through all of that uh, and spoilers. I think we did spoilers all throughout this, but yeah, spoilers for a movie that came out 15 years ago. Spoilers so, for the spoilers for the Batman film that has defined a genre. Yes, movies. Yes. So, uh, The Dark Knight is a 2008 film directed by Christopher Nolan from a screenplay he co-wrote with his bro- brother Jonathan. It's based on Batman and is a sequel to Batman Begins and a second installment in the Dark Knight trilogy. In the so, did they write? I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Because this is Christopher Nolan and Jonathan Nolan did the screenplay, right? So what the hell did they need David Goyer for? I guess he was like our editor or something. Because if it, isn't if present- Goyer the guy they bring in that's like the comic book console? Yeah, He's yeah the punch it up, dude. They present him as like the the guy, like the writer. <laughs> like weird. Okay, yeah, I was, I was watching like- his documentary deal from Warner Brothers. And I was like, they present him as somebody who's. A lot more involved in the creative process of this movie than maybe some of the credits are, are leading That's, on to. that. That is interesting. So it says, uh, it says Jonathan Nolan and Christopher Nolan wrote the screenplay, but then Christopher Nolan and David S. Goyer are credited for story, whatever that means. Mm. That to I, me, so <laughs> that says to me that Goyer and Nolan sat in a room to develop it as far as mixing. T- together the 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 bigger quote realistic uh themes that nolan has for this idea and goyer is filling it in with all the comic book stuff right not just a hospital gotham general not just a cop you know ramirez or whatever i remember like he's like the guy on set that has to teach everyone how to say mjolnir See, I, I think it's you. a little deeper than that because I remember the first the Batman Begins thing was like Doyer gave Nolan his story in the beginning for free, and that was the basis for yes. the whole thing. Yeah, that we were talking in about the that first place. Week. So when they say they give him the story credit with Nolan, I feel like they sat together and came up with the story for this movie. And then I Jonathan mean, if in. you're Goyer, do you do you not jump at this opportunity after you kind of oh, just sure. kind of flung flung one at him? <laughs> he was like, "Oh one. yeah." Let He's like really that first try. one was sick. Hold on, I'm back. I'm back. And you know he and you know he's still cashing checks off it. He is for the rest of his life. Yeah, you know, you know, he's definitely uh I mean, 
this guy had a, a job for life. It's, yeah, it says that Goyer and Nolan collaborated on the story of the movie. The screenplay was written. Um, and after watching this movie, Goyer said, I can't believe my name is on a movie this good. <laughs> <laughs> Me either, buddy. A lot of people can't, buddy. <laughs> it, it's not going to happen again. So hold on to that. <laughs> hold on to that. Um, so uh, boom, boom, boom. In the film's plot, the superhero vigilante Batman, uh, police lieutenant James Gordon, and district attorney Harvey Dent form an alliance to dismantle organized crime in Gotham City. But their efforts are derailed by the intervention of an anarchist mastermind, the Joker, who seeks to test how far Batman will go to save the city from complete chaos. The ensemble cast, which I think is the most decorated cast in a Batman film. Uh, Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Heath Ledger, Gary Oldman, Aaron Eckhart, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Morgan Freeman, amongst others. This made more money in uh, than Batman Begins' entire domestic run in mm. six days. Mm. So <laughs> I thought that was important to note. Um, the first four official days of scheduled shooting resulted in no film being rolled. Instead, <laughs> Christopher Nolan demanded uh, that he would screen two films a day for the entire cast and crew with a break in between. So for the first day, they watched Heat and Cat People. The second day, Citizen Kane and King Kong. Third, Batman Begins and Black Sunday. And then uh, Clockwork Orange and Stalag 17. I don't know what uh, Stalag is for. Obviously, the Clockwork Orange stuff is some Joker in there. Heat is all that GCPD stuff, right? Um, you and your friends are dead. Yeah, if no one's going to watch Batman Begins, like, you got to watch Batman Begins. Like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, Just last... in case you forgot what movie we were doing. We should doing. totally watch the movie we're basing this on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the in 2020 last year the film was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry by the Li Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant, making it the second DC Comics movie to be selected after Superman 1978. I was, was going to say, is that the first one? 2017. Yep. As of 2022, this is the highest-grossing movie to win an Oscar for acting. What an odd little <laughs> <Didn't> <laughs> yeah. <it. laughs> yeah. Highest grossing movie to win an Oscar for acting. But let's get into this super tight plot. Um, our film starts off with the iconic scene of a bank heist being committed by a bunch of men in clown masks. From their conversation, these men are working for a man who wears makeup and calls himself the Joker. He planned this job, and according to them, he's sitting at home waiting for them to return with the goods. As the heist goes on, the clowns start killing their own men so that each remaining member gets a bigger share of the cash. The owner of the bank, who has ties to organized crime, warns them about stealing from the mob before defending them with before defending himself with a shotgun. As the clowns pick themselves off one by one, we're left with two clowns before a bus takes one of them out. The last two clowns load the bus with bags of cash before one turns on the other and guns them down. Uh, the owner of the bank's screams at the remaining clown who decides to unmask in front of him showing himself to be heath ledger's joker who uses the bus to escape with the money awesome first scene i think it still works on rewatch i think it's even funnier knowing what happens here but do you remember or did you have any idea that joker was a part of this when you first saw it guys uh, i had a feeling he would be <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
I didn't think I did. I, I don't think I would have. I don't think I was aware of what the reference was at the time. Like the whole uh, the heat. Thing? What is? No, not even just the heat oh, thing. Oh, the mask being the heat. Caesar Caesar Romero's mask. Yeah, I think today I would have been. Uh, like, I didn't. Why I does that look familiar? Not that at all. Today I would have caught that. In two thousand eight, I wouldn't. That was like the that was like the very first year I was getting back into superhero stuff too. A lot of the stuff on my first watch is very surface level. Ooh, nice Batman movie. Joker was yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. You said you said getting back in. I'm curious. Is there is there a thing that made you get out? No, I just I watched. Okay, you just. Grew I out grew of it. up. I didn't even grow out of it. I watched all the cartoons growing up. I loved them all, but I never. I lived in the South Bronx. They didn't even have comic book stores where, where yeah. I lived. Yeah. I, I lived a bit up. I bit. I lived. Uh, I lived a little bit more North Bronx, but I totally get it. They didn't have those. Yeah. <laughs> this is what what I love about this is you know you get the reveal of the Joker. You kind of see kind of how much he's a mastermind. How he does all this. Like what a way to introduce a character, um, and get all the points you want of him off. Yeah. Even showing that he has a, a sense of humor with the gas grenade thing that he gives to the guy but yeah i think the icing on the cake right is the you know uh, what doesn't kill you simply makes you stranger but the nolan stranger <laughs> that that like chord that he pulls um and even the music and all this like there's almost like a ticking clock you can hear in the background as all these machinations are going on with this bank heist it's such a tightly uh filmed and scripted um scene i think it totally still works I love it. I, as single... you may hear over and over, Hans Zimmer is just an absolute ace throughout this entire production. Yeah, yeah. beyond the music too, it's just like um, for the whole movie, like Greg said, amazing. It's like it's not a wasted piece of dialogue. Every single word means something. Oh man, this didn't go out to nine one one. It went to a private number. Yeah. It's yeah. one line. Oh, or, he... or even just the banker guy, like, like having this this very interesting idea about how crime used to be a bit more, you know prestige yeah. yeah yeah and on the first time watching that scene means absolutely nothing like it feels weird to me why is he why does he have such a deep accent and why does he have a shotgun this is a mob bank you know yeah. i didn't know that when i first saw it so i was just like wow these bank owners are really you know ride or die for their for their establishments but no he like he has ties like all of this stuff is so cleaned up and yeah. when you watch the scene of that bus driving out and just going with the rest of the buses you just say like all right, like you're in for you're in yeah. for something. Here. Any 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 real bank owner would just sat back and let the insurance deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I wanted to take this time to obviously, you know, this film came out after Heath Ledger's death. Uh, mm -hmm. He had a sudden death from drug toxicity in January of this same year that this came out, and it prompted speculation over whether or not the movie was going to come out and how much that he had debt did. But Warner Brothers was like, chill. He finished this whole thing. He's done the, the photography. Everything's good. So there was no, um, to my knowledge, there was no kind of playing around. Like we were talking about with The Crow, uh -huh. where they had to use body doubles and almost a weird haunted mask to try to um, yeah. replicate Ledger in this. Uh, they So, yeah, they had to issue a statement kind of letting everybody know about that. And then obviously you guys know that there was a bunch of rumors that were like, oh, you know, he was so intense, you know, his his, his studying for this because he locked himself in like a motel room for six weeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they like his family came out and was like, no, it wasn't that he, he's had some issues, but he wasn't depressed. And um, he was taking a mixture of like prescription pills and sleeping pills. And his sister warned him about it. And, you know, uh, 
actually warned him about it the night before he died and the mix ended up killing him. Um, but yeah, people did like to romanticize and believe that the, you know, that this role, like there's no way this urban legend did not impact how Leto came at the Joker in his (laughs) version. Right. Come on. That's what I'm getting at here. It has not this urban legend now created this problem where people feel like you need to go crazy to do this. No, for a long time, it made the movie almost big. It, it made the whole thing bigger because it's just like, like Heath Ledger put so much into, his, into this role that it killed him. Yeah, that's that. That's how they made it out for so long, right. you know, until people decided that you know it, it was more fun to say that um, one of the Olsen twins did it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the urban legend, Yogi? I mean, I I didn't give it too much mind because I never knew I never knew or even looked up the details of how it happened. Like I I I didn't even ex- I didn't accept that as a truth either. It sounded really weird. I was like, man, he probably had some. Like even if it was true, even if he actually did lock himself in a room and it and it affected his mental state to put himself in this character, I was like, I'm pretty sure he had some issues before. Like that yeah. led up to that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's just fair. one thing. That's so, that's totally fair. Um, you, he did th- that is true though. He did end up locking himself in a motel room for about six weeks in New York, uh, practicing different laughs and the ticks and all that kind of stuff. Definitely, you know, paid attention to his craft in this. And you know, I, like I said, what can we say that hasn't been said? Obviously, he had the mouth prosthetics and they fall off, so he has to lick his prosthetics to keep them on which gave him like this nervous tick in his actual performance that he started to do even when the prosthetics weren't falling off so it could seem like something that he did out of habit um his look was based on like sid vicious and they wanted to use some of the mannerisms from michael mcdowell's character alex delarge from clockwork orange that we spoke about before unlike last week where i had a bunch of fun castings ledger was always nolan's choice for the joker Uh Uh, other people who had auditioned or expressed interest, but it was always going to be Ledger. Uh-huh. Um, that night, we see the effect Batman has on Gotham as criminals choose not to commit crimes when they see the bat signal in the sky. Gordon is standing by the signal, but Batman hasn't arrived yet. And I love that they're like, why is he not coming? And he goes, hopefully, because he's busy. Like, what a great, <laughs> what, a, what a good line. It's like, yeah, hopefully he's doing something. And totally, he totally is. Uh, we see that he's busy with a dispute taking place in a parking garage between a Russian mobster and the disgraced Dr. Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. Uh-huh. Scarecrow, over drugs exchanged between the two. This I, wears the mask for fun now. Yeah, I always like that we came into this like a Batman serial. Like, it's yeah. like, boom, we came into the adventure in progress. Uh, I love that shit. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge proponent for that, especially... Um, as someone who sees it as just a fun opportunity to even just occasionally enlist a like a C-level villain that yeah. wouldn't be able to lead a f- like even though they got to bring him back with more of a focus, it's like what do I one of the biggest things I love about Winter Soldier? We got to put Batrock. There's yeah. no reason that Batrock would ever fit in one of these things unless you're putting him in a, you know, just a small moment where Captain America completes a mission and Bat Rocks the, the bad guy. I'm no, almost you're... offended that you placed the scarecrow <laughs> at the same tier as Bat Rock the freaking Leaper. Hey, listen, I've never seen Scarecrow jump any higher. 
What's he, what's he, what's he ever jumped over? I I thought there was a lot more. Uh, well, I you know I mentioned in the last podcast that I thought they punched up the comic book stuff in Batman Begins because they felt like they had to. Maybe they didn't feel as comfortable doing what they wanted yet. Mm-hmm. But in yeah. this movie, they didn't. But what they did punch up was like comedy. Like there was a lot more yeah. uh, gags. Yeah. Like not even it's not outright jokes either. It's like some stuff you don't even. Uh, you wouldn't even see unless you're looking in the background. And you're like, okay, that's hilarious. That, that happens yeah. that way. So actually, I, I I made a note of that myself. Where what I found to be very interesting is that other than the obvious gags you get for a character like the Joker, right? Um, almost all of the levity comedy moments are done by NPCs. I was just about <laughs> to say that uh, Alfred. <laughs> Um, um, Lucius, various uh, cops making stupid lines. Even Joker, I just want my phone call. Like I remember laughing at when he did that at yeah. that time, just because of his delivery of it. Um, and <laughs> like, that, that I, makes I, sense. Like I, a Joker I, that's actually funny. Like he does things in this that are crazy, but sometimes they make you laugh. <laughs> like, yeah. What? I but I even love the little moments where it's just like he's like, this this is armor tank. He's got nothing to stop us. A few seconds later, is that a bazooka? Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that. I love the truck. It's laughter is the best medicine, but they just put an S and slaughter, slaughter. is the best medicine. I yeah. never knew. I never, I never knew you could do that with the word laughter. Oh yeah. Just, <laughs> like, no, never one, oh, oh, just no. One, just one letter. It's, it, it, I forgot. Who, I forgot what it was. It sounds like Harley in my head it was like, you can't spell laughter without, <laughs> you can't spell slaughter without laughter. That sounds, that That's sounds great. like uh, Harley. This makes Jonathan Crane. AKA Scarecrow, uh, the only villain to come back right after his film in the Batman film franchise. I don't think it's ever been done before. And twice, if if you don't want to, if you don't uh, count the ghost of Rachel Ghoul, he's the only one to have ever come back. So I think that's kind of cool. Like, that's a kind of cool distinction. Mm -hmm. Um, but what you were talking about about adding the bat rock of it all it's 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 such a small world building tactic mm-hmm. i think that's why the flash worked in that first season because it was monster of the week but while doing the monster of the week they were building the world different yeah. companies different you know organizations different people we had to look out for and we did just leave a crazy doctor out in the streets we never saw him got locked back up at the he just rode his uh, horse <laughs> in the opposite direction we never saw him get locked away so the idea that not only is he out but he can't practice medicine anymore right so he's selling drugs and the homeboy wants his refund which is so funny as well it's it's sort of uh, it's it's the movie version of what arrow essentially did eventually did with vertigo yeah yeah getting people all tripped out thea queen (laughs) poor thea um before either could strike with during this dispute uh, several imp- imposter Batman show up in makeshift suits and do their best to in- incapacitate the criminals. I love that Crane immediately knows that it's not him. Like, he's like, this is not. I fought that guy. Uh-huh. Uh, I set him on fire and I threw him out of a window. I know this guy. <laughs> this is not that him. Ain't him. <laughs> that ain't him. Um, when that doesn't work, the real Batman comes crashing through the tumbler with the tumbler and manages to apprehend and arrest Scarecrow before scolding the copycats. Uh-huh. Uh, Yogi, this is a fight scene. This is an action scene. What do you think? Think it's a bit better than uh, begins? Yeah, 
Yeah, I think they knew that begin the, the action scenes and begins were bad. I feel like there's no way they didn't think, "Wow, these are really rough." I hope people can accept it anyway, <laughs> right? Because this time, this time it's all elbows. Now it's the elbows and punching. But at least you can see what's happening. In the last movie, they didn't. They obscured all the action on purpose. Like you can see who was fighting who, but then Batman will be in the end, and everyone's on the floor. And you're like, "Okay, yeah. well, I guess he won." At least in this movie, even He's even a though. Ninja. Even though he's got a the worst martial arts style in the history <laughs> of fighting, at least you can see him fighting. Right, right. Uh, I, I it really made me think because I I thought about that conversation that we had uh, last week, and it really made me think about how Batman has kind of historically been cutting around the corners in his action. Like possibly the comics does it the best. Maybe some of the uh, animation does it the best, but in like, almost every live action portrayal, they found some way to cut around <laughs> him doing it. That's why when we saw the Ben Affleck warehouse scene, everyone was like, finally, Whoa. finally, Whoa. like, <laughs> he, he, he's wow. doing something. We can see it. And yeah. and to give the Batman its credit, that first scene where he's taking out those those thugs, it's it's very similar. I was going to say, yeah, I think the, the, the Batman and um the uh, the few Affleck scenes are probably the best action you've ever, the best clean action you've ever gotten out of a batman like i still i still really love the the scene in i think it's in the garden where he's like swinging the dude's massive machine oh, yeah. Gun at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in this like it uh, everything feels so heavy but i think it's because the suit is heavy i think it's because yes, it is. they're about to they're about to transfer over and they're making a point to show that he's a bit slower stiff. in this yeah slower and stiff in this um so yeah you get the you know what? What? What makes you different than us? And, yeah, no, I'm not wearing hockey pads. Uh, line there, um, but yeah, <laughs> Batman eventually meets with Gordon. He was like two hours late, so they <laughs> meet at the bank, and uh, they go over the Joker, which was something that they, you know, Easter egg that they had planted in the previous movie, so Batman would be aware of him. I feel awful how for how many mornings that like Alfred has made breakfast for no goddamn reason. Nobody, but nobody. I, I so we we're led to believe this is not that long after Batman Begins, right? So, I want to yeah. say like nine months. Let's say, is it nine months after Batman Begins? Then I believe yes. That's crazy. They were like, "Hey, Batman Begins this, is pregnant and had this movie." You have this Joker guy. You should probably get around and checking him out. And he was like, "Yeah, I'll do it," and he doesn't get around to it for nine freaking months. He's like, I'll look at it. No, he he gives the non-committal it's I'll look into it. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. He was like, I got I got bigger fish for this joker. Shut up, Gordon. What you gonna do? Rob a mob bank? And then when he, Hey Batman, I like to talk to you for he's like, okay, I'll I'll look into it. For real this it. time. For real this time. Um and again, like this is very, very smart stuff. Like the mob bank is robbed by Joker, but Batman had already marked some of the bills because they were already tracing this to be a mob bank. And Gordon says he knows about four other ones. But if they want to strike and seize the money, they have to do it all at the same time because if not, the mob is going to know and they're going to move their money. Mm-hmm. And to do any of that, to get any of that permission, they're going to have to go to the new uh, DA. And then Batman's like, do you trust him? And he's like, well, you know, I was thinking about whether or not I trust And when he turns around, Batman's gone. Uh, he's. I don't care. 
<laughs> Do you trust what? him? I don't give a fuck. What could I? What quick? What question could I ask him that's gonna make him talk for, <laughs> for quite a little bit? My brain always thinks the, about the physicality of those scenes. Yeah. It's just like, did he ask the question and then start walking? I always he, think of. Yeah, I think yeah. one of the things that kind of parodied that was uh, um, they talking about like Michael Myers or Jason. Yeah. Like, they, they run to the tree and then they peek out. And you get scared, or you turn your back, and then they have to run to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. he's right there on the roof with Gordon, right around the corner, just <laughs> holding. He's holding onto the ledge. <sighs> Is he gone? <laughs> he thinks I'm gone. Is he gone? He needs to hear somebody say, "Oh, he does that," and that's yeah. how he gets his kicks. Oh yeah, they know me. So I, I, I get it. I get it. Sometimes it's hard. It's it's hard or even awkward to end conversations, right? It totally He's is. alone. Sometimes. He grew up alone. He's got a psychological <laughs> need for acknowledgement. So every time someone acknowledges that he does this, he's like, "Yes, I needed yeah. that. You're my it's a, friend. It's a thing. I love me. you. Yeah. yeah, they know me. <laughs> I only do this to my friends. So you know, <laughs> Alfred." It's true. I talked to a man in the sewer today. <laughs> uh, that's fine, Master Bruce. Please eat your berries. Sullivan Grundy. I'm telling you. <laughs> bring his ass in. Um, so, yeah. We see Alfred meet with Bruce in the new Batcave, which is accessible through a shipping container. What do you guys think of the, this thing? I, I, I almost hate to even call it a Batcave. It isn't. It's a, it's a, bad, it's a bad temp space. It's like a music it's video a, location that he put like a table. And I love that it's literally this huge spot and there's like a table with a computer on it. <laughs> and then like further down, like two miles down the, the room is where he keeps his suit or whatever. But yeah, they're supposedly rebuilding stuff. Um, and you just have the tumbler there. It's just like a computer and a tumbler. I love how it's so it, it, it's so hidden and, and it's in a it's in a but it's in what a container a shipping container but Alfred yeah. leaves the very expensive Jaguar or whatever just parked right in front of the goddamn shipping container. Yeah. I was like, why did we why did we have to do that? Right? Like, why did that have to be in the shot? <laughs> like, one one private investigator, bro. One private <laughs> investigator following him for one day. <laughs> You so, mentioned a tumbler. An old white I, man just got out of an expensive car. I wonder what he's doing. In why, why is that expensive car parked in front of that one shipping container? Are <laughs> they smuggling people? Yeah, like, it is. What's <laughs> happening? I, you mentioned a tumbler. I didn't know that Nolan and them weren't planning on even. They were. They didn't have a tumbler or a Batmobile in their minds at all. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, and this, they end up getting rid of it. Like I kind of even forgot that this thing gets it's done after the this. studio. The studio asked him for the Batmobile. He said he said they didn't even ask. He said he said they didn't ask him. Like they didn't force him. Like it wasn't a note. He's right. like they. He said they sounded like they'd be disappointed if I didn't put a Batmobile. <laughs> I, mean, I felt bad. Like okay, no, okay. <laughs> I put it to put a fucking tank and see what would you guys think about he that. Said, he said he took it as a creative challenge. He was like, okay, well, I gotta force a Batmobile in this movie. How can we make this uh, not just shoehorn? Like, how can right. we make this fit? I yeah. love that he did that because so many other people like they come out after uh, after a film and they're like complaining, like, oh man. 
the studio forced me to do this. It's not even the people that get their movie chopped up and changed. I'm talking about the people that are like, oh, man, the studio forced me to put this in and they forced me to put that. Yeah, in. So yeah it's, it's always something like problematic. It, usually it's usually something he, problematic. Like they want you to change lore. But adding the Batmobile he was not, like, like I mean, even if you don't want to change lore, it's just it's always a complaint. Like it's always a thing. Like some people aren't up to that challenge. Yeah, the studio wants this thing, and even if it may, even if it doesn't make sense, let me see how I can make it make sense. I know this right. movie; it's my movie. Tow the line, tow the line, but also make it good. I you love know? it. Thank it, it's, it's, thank it's you. It's hard though. to do. It's hard to do. I I, uh, I enjoy the um, the sort of the the sort of mail books method, where they're like, put this thing in, and he says, okay, and then doesn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always and go you back just show to, up at the premiere and it's like you didn't do what we wanted. Nope, I didn't. I always go back to off. I always go back to Robert Kirkman getting the job for The Walking Dead by telling Image that he's going to do a zombie uh epic that you find out that was caused by an alien invasion, but never did the alien invasion. <laughs> he never ever ever did it. Let it run for hundred and ninety three right, issues. <laughs> and now it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> they never found out what caused it. It was never. He he was telling them they're like, we we'll let you do this, but you kind of you kind of let us know what caused it. He's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry, it's alien invasion. He's like, bro, bro, we'll winter's coming. Winter yeah, is coming. Got, that's how <laughs> made that fucking money. <laughs> um, so I, this is something that I thought was interesting that I didn't pick up the first time. So Bruce mentions that his suit needs some alterations, but um, he seems concerned about the copycats. And Alfred is like, yeah, but you also have copycats doing good things, you know, and he attributes a lot of what Harvey Dent stands for to Batman. And I guess I never thought about it like that, but Harvey does nothing but blow Batman in this movie. Like he really believes in the vigilante. He believes that sometimes, and even his belief in Batman kind of shows you that he could waver in what's legal and what's not right. Because Batman gets things done because he could do illegal things like what he's about to do with Lau, you know, later on in this film. So I guess I never really noticed how down for Batman uh, Harvey was in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love I love how uh, he, I love their relationship here. It's not like a relationship; it's it, like they have in the cartoon, but it's like uh, I love that fucking guy. Respect, <laughs> yeah, respect, like, respect I, yeah. He respects him so much that he clearly do- he doesn't like Harvey Dent. He doesn't like Harvey Dent. This man is fucking Rachel, and that by principle, I don't <laughs> like him. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to show him up at this restaurant and I'm going to make his day really bad. But I'm also going to make him all this money because, God damn it, I respect him. <laughs> right. Like, look at him. Just look at him. He's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> and if I fix him, I can be with Rachel again. <laughs> no, that's another thing. That's another thing, too. Um, we we then see the new A, the new DA has a familiar significant other, Rachel Dawes, now played by Ma- Maggie Jenenhall. Um, even though Christopher Nolan offered her the part, Katie Holmes decided not to reprise her role as Rachel. Instead, she opted to co-star with Diane Keaton, Queen Latifah, and Mad Money. John <laughs> <laughs> couldn't even hold it in. I was wondering what was going to happen. That's so fucking good. Like, she saw the cast of The Dark Knight. <laughs> and then she said... <laughs> I, I will I will say this. I don't think they're gonna put uh mad money in the Library of Congress, the National Film <laughs> Registry <laughs> Library. She said, of Congress. Yeah, Gary Oldman is cool, but Queen Latifah <laughs> I feel like I heard rumors that Cruz wanted her out of this. 
I, I feel like it I really? heard that guy. Yeah, I feel like no I heard about m- murderings or mumblings about that. That happened. Um, I that's what I heard. Heard that was one of the other urban legends about this. That makes uh, a, that listen. That makes more sense than I wanted to do <laughs> Mad Money. <laughs> <laughs> more than anything. More than anything. Oh uh, my God. Yeah, I'll say like the interviews with Katie Holmes in the Batman Begins behind the scenes stuff all feel very insincere. Is she yeah. a is she a Scientologist too? Is she she thing? was I when they no were idea. together. Oh fuck! Oh no! <laughs> People were saying oh, when no. the time came to start filming The Dark Knight, Katie was being held prisoner by Tom Cruise in his home. <laughs> oh my god! Fuck it um, wow! So yeah, she was dealing with other stuff, and she had to. He said, "Tell him it's mad money." <laughs> Look in the camera and tell say, him, mad "Tell him you really, tell him you really like Queen Latifah." Super <laughs> into her. <laughs> I love how much you just really want to work with Diane. There you go. <laughs> oh man! Before before they uh, got uh, Maggie in, uh, they were considering Sarah Michelle Geller. Wow. Uh, Isla Fisher. Uh, which I is. I think the Isla Fisher thing ends up going to um, Lois from Man of Steel. Uh, Amy Amy Adams. Yeah, Isla Fisher looks a lot like Amy Adams. She's just, I want to say Scottish or Irish. I never see it. I think she's a... <laughs> I got to uh, see it. I got to yeah. see a picture of her. I'm not sure who I'm talking about right now. I hope I'm talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you remember from uh, uh, what, The Wedding Crashers? Yes. She's I Australian. Seen, I haven't Australian. seen that movie since I was a child. Oh, you know what? They have a picture of her standing next to Amy Adams for some reason. Yeah, yeah, they, always, I think yeah. they did something together. Last week they, we spoke about Natalie Portman and Kira Knightley. To this week we talk about Isla Fisher and they, Amy Adams. <laughs> I guess she replaced herself with Amy Adams in her family's holiday photo, and they didn't notice. That's hilarious. That's, that's, that's so great. But I, I know like, it is now, though. I feel like she showed up to play. Rachel and he's Chris Manolo's like I don't know but I like your look and then he called the wrong person for it. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you know what I really so like apparently if you look if apparently if you if you if you Google their two names together there's all sorts of things of uh, Isla Fisher explains the differences between her and Amy Adams Isla that Fisher hasn't been mistaken for looking like Amy Adams in a while t- imagine that your whole life. A- a PSA, a one-hour PSA where she points at a PowerPoint and explains the differences between her and Amy Adams. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> As you can uh, see, these eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> the circumference of the... No, uh, Emily Blunt, also considered, and uh, Rachel McAdams. All these people suck, and I feel like they <laughs> probably... I understand now how we ended up with Maggie freaking Gyllenhaal. She was the most. She was the Amy Adams or Rachel McAdams sucks. No, Amy Adams wasn't up for the part though. Isla Fisher was. Isla Fisher. See, he he got him confused just by words. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, bro. But yeah, I I don't know how you win with this. I don't know. Maybe Sarah Michelle Gellar can do it. No, you kill Rachel. You kill Rachel. They did the right thing. I feel like that's how you handle it. You I feel like her. replacing Joey with Buffy kinda works. Kinda. If you had to go that route. But I yeah. hate saying this, but I feel like Sarah Michelle Geller is a great, great TV actress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean Katie Katie Ooh. Holmes, I don't think she did much, right? In no, the movie I mean, scene. she wasn't 
In this movie, though, in The Dark Knight, she would have had to. John said that is your ceiling. Yeah, (laughs) she would. She would. I think she could have pulled it off. I don't know that Sarah Michelle Gellar could have. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel it would have been weird. But like, is is Katie Holmes batting above her weight here too? Maybe. Well, he did. He did. He did imply that she would. Katie would have to have done a little bit more. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I feel like that's how Maggie ended up being so high. <laughs> so high <laughs> level 10. She knew she had the right idea. She, <laughs> <laughs> now, now you said that I just think of Nolan sighing every time she's done. <laughs> just like a, sure. just like a, He's like, I could take again, but this the fine. humming that's, of this that, IMAX camera is giving me a headache. He's like, that's fine. <laughs> Oh. We're not we're not 100% sure what the health effects will be of standing this close <laughs> <laughs> being exposed to this many pixels at one time. We're not 100% sure. Oh my god. <laughs> so um in court, Harvey Dent shows his prowess by attempting to put away famed mobster Salvatore Maroni. Um not Marone, it's just Maroni. There's no mm-hmm. there's no debate here like like last uh last week with Falcone and Falcone. Yeah. Um, Maroni is played by. I feel like I should know this guy's name. Oh, I, f- I always forget his name. Honestly, uh, I loved him in this fucking movie, man. Oh, yeah. he's great. <laughs> he's a piece of shit. <laughs> he's so good. Oh, Eric Roberts. <sighs> Eric Roberts. It's Eric Roberts. It is Eric it is, Roberts. Yeah, Eric Roberts. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's Julia Eric Roberts' brother. I didn't know that. What? Really? And his daughter is Emma Roberts. What? Oh wow! What the hell? That's a Get family. Get out of here! Holy That's shit. a family right there. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Okay. The things I we find it. out. The things we find out here. <laughs> Live he and in living color. He didn't like. He didn't like Joker. <laughs> the movie Joker. <laughs> yeah, he said it was nasty. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't go for that type of stuff. <laughs> Uh, I look, that's what he said. That's basically what he said. Really? I li- he said he said I live A-O-A. in hope. Hey yo, I live in hope. And that guy and that guy was not hopeful. That's the <laughs> quote. Yeah. All right. That's that's All Eric right. Roberts. Yeah. Okay. That's great. I love it. That's funny. I love um, it. only two people uh uh that they want to name auditioned for the part of Sal Maroney. One is Bob Hoskins. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which Okay, the I can other, see it in my head. The other, you know what? I'm, I'm I can see it on. though. You can see the Bob Hawkins. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. You He'd know why though? Suit. He he would look like oh boy. He would look like Falcone. Yeah, that's kinda. a point. He would that's have a good that. Point. He would have they that kind of have that true, yeah. Kind of a, a the, look. That effect. rounded balding head. Yeah, right. Yeah. The ears point out like an elf. It's weird. All Speaking right, of rounding point, uh, balding heads, the other person that auditioned was James Gandolfini. <laughs> what? That's too no, big. No, no. I never see like, past it. That feels I never like see past it. That feels like a whole new one. Shit. But I, I feel like but, we. I wanted Jake when I was watching the Batman, and I was watching uh, what's his face, Colin Farrell as the Penguin. I just kept thinking, man, James, <laughs> James Gandolfini was alive. Like, wow, yeah. what a Penguin that could have been. Well, could you could you see Gandolfini playing it the way he yeah. did? I would just want to see uh, Tony Soprano as the penguin. That's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. Yeah. I guess that's sort of what I mean. Yeah, because now, because when you say that, I'm imagining him playing it the way. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm yes. imagining Big Gandalf he playing it. Just like, what are you doing here? I love it. God damn, I love it. Oh man. 
yeah. I'm walking here. That's amazing. Yeah, so he uh, he auditioned and he didn't get it. It might have been a bit too, too much for Nolan though. at the time. Yeah, like I said, it, like it, The Sopranos was like mid run too, or did it just finish? It was either just finished no, or it was it, mid run. It's gotta be yeah, because it starts in two thousand. When How is this filming? Is this? Yeah, it's, when is it's the filming in two thousand six or seven? Sopranos was out. Sopranos uh, ends in two uh, two uh, two thousand seven. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, that was off of that. He's fresh, right at the fresh. end. He's right at the end. That's like people wouldn't be able to not see it as the other side of that Sopranos yeah. cliffhanger and be like, oh, yeah, he's yeah. He, 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 he's Murray. He, he is Vegetable Bell Johnson playing a cop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Basically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And like I said, you know, it's 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 a it's a bit role for him. I think people would have wanted to see more. Oh, one hundred percent. He doesn't really. He had some cool James, moments, but James you know. Gandolfini as the Joker. <laughs> oh yeah, that that's what they should have did. <laughs> he plays it as Tony Soprano though. Hey, oh, <laughs> hey. oh my god! Hey, you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> That'd be great. Brian Dazzavello is so down. Um, so this is a scene that mimics the origin of Two Face in the comics where he thinks that he has a key witness but the witness changes his testimony kind of makes him look like a fool uh and then mid case tries to assault him in the comics he's thrown uh they throw acid in his face in batman (laughs) forever i'll never forget he uses a vanilla folder and that's what protects the other half of his face for Uh some reason uh the acid can't go through the vanilla the vanilla folder it can chew through his Again, but that folder no mm. that folder bro um and then <laughs> quick um, sidebar this is the thing i hate i in me and my roommate died inside when they did it in titans his superboy puts on the shirt mm-hmm. and because superboy is impervious to bullets so is the cotton oh so is the shirt yeah yeah which at least they played around with the new cage where he's like i'm bulletproof but none of these clothes are right I hate that. Like he, you just got that shirt from some random street <laughs> yeah. profiteer, and all of a sudden it could stand up. Shut up, go away. I hate you. Instead of the uh, acid here, though, they try to shoot him. He uh, disarms the goon, and re- the goon gets restrained by police. So he makes a joke about buying American, and <laughs> oh, I wasn't done. And he gets an applause from the audience, and I'm like, that's unprofessional. They shouldn't be clapping. I this thought a, that was a, this is a court. Was one of. The- I thought that was one of those things that you just kind of have to accept as like, okay, this is a movie. Because I was like, man, there's so many ways that this could have gone wrong, Mr. Yeah. Harvey Dent. Like, yeah. you must have had a shining star above you on this day. Right. Like, 100%. Shit. Somebody was looking out for you, bro. That gun um, just, ha- just, it just happened to not work. And I guess, you got, I guess we got a bit of that, that little flirtiness between those two, right? They show a bit of that. Um, like you were saying, uh, Rachel mentions that the fact that people want him dead means he's doing a good job. And she's, uh, she is incredibly turned on by the idea of this. Harvey, you almost died. Feel my panties. <laughs> but doesn't want. But doesn't want. Then, do but then immediately says, it's like, if you want, we can tell that you're too, you know, you're too shaken up and you need the day off. Yeah. Just he's like, I don't. Fort- <laughs> <laughs> like, law, law over hoes. Get out of here. I just want no, to report, I've got to go. Uh, I've got to go meet with Gordon. Oh, he's a friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Just... That's weird. What are you implying now, Rachel? 
She just wants to get uh, condensed milk poured all over her. Oh, <laughs> like her my and Bruce, God. Like her and Bruce used to do. That's like, the next movie, to, sir. She was like, remember when we used to drink condensed milk? When we used to steal condensed milk? I'm like, what? What? <laughs> no, did you did you not have like a regular childhood with like candy and shit? Like you used to steal condensed milk? <laughs> all right. It is what it is. We had, it, the, the powder stuff is easier to steal. It's not, cook- not. It's, it's not cookies. It's not candy. No, it's the condensed, can- milk. condensed Mother, milk. Mother, can I have some more condensed milk? <laughs> That's Bruce. That was Bruce's life, bro. Oh, <laughs> so Harvey meets with Gordon to discuss GCPD's involvement with the vigilante known as Batman. Mm. Gordon seems hesitant to confirm any partnership with the known vigilante, but Harvey gets right to the chase, saying he doesn't. Listen, man, like- the light's broken. I can't do anything about it. Yeah, he's like, uh, he's like, you, sometimes you it them. turns on. I really like this conversation because I like that they're both like, I don't trust you and I don't trust you. You're doing some shady shit. Well, you're doing shady shit. Yeah. Uh, I, thought I, I, I was just very amused at how much he just dances around the Batman thing. You know, I never yeah. noticed just how uh, important that conversation was to what happens later on. Like, I knew. Oh, yeah. Yeah people in like i remember i always grab you know the idea that there's corrupt officers in gotham but like i'm so accustomed to gotham and i'm just so accustomed to corrupt police in general that i just accept it for what it is i didn't realize that harvey was telling him about it about these people in the very beginning of the movie like hey and yeah, Gordy's brushing it off. off. Yeah, no, like, but yeah, like well, from, from the start, they are both taking shots at each other's department, and at no point does either one of them just like stop and just say, "Well, maybe we should just kind of look into this." <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we should talk to your old friends at the uh, I I R A or whatever it was. Yeah, IA or, <laughs> and Internal, deal with this Internal Affairs I A. Yeah, yeah, I A. Yeah, we should but deal with this. No. This was something you were, you were talking about um, even upon your rewatch, Yogi, where you were saying that they had put the breadcrumbs for these corrupt cops from the beginning. And um, Gordon says in this, like, if I had, if I could not work with any uh, corrupt cops, I'd be working with nobody, basically. Yeah, he was. <laughs> it was so funny because in the first movie, he's like, man, these corrupt cops or whatever. But in the second movie, he's like, listen, life. Yeah, <laughs> life yeah. happens. They're all corrupt. I'm sorry. They're all corrupt. Let this, me just try like this. This Gordon is very like just sort of resigned to 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 the the lot in life he's been dealt. Yeah. Because <laughs> like even in the first movie, like they're they're giving him shit for being clean. He's just like, look, I'm no rat. I'm not gonna. I'm not out here to tell on anybody. But I'm just. I'm gonna do it my way. Well, it's like. I, it's like when you find out that this technology used when you make um, skyscrapers. After a certain amount of feet in the air, the buildings are made to sway with the wind, like yeah. just a bit. Um, and using that comparatively, I feel like it's being depicted that um, you know Harvey's rigid, but Gordon realizes you can't be that way. You'll snap. You yeah. have to kind of go with, with the flow of, yeah, this guy might be a little dirty. And yeah, this guy also might be a little dirty, but like we're getting the job done. And I love how both of these men of the law have to turn to something outside of the law to get the job done. Yeah. Like that, that's the o- bigger o- overarching message of this meeting is that I'm trying my best here, but I can't. And you're trying your best here, but you can't. There's somebody that can, but it's illegal what he's doing. We're still going to use his methods to kind of get 
get people on our, you know on our side and then we'll handle it on our side when we get them there you know what it really reminds me of we talked about it when we got to talk about the um the captain america sam wilson one where the, mm-hmm. the larger problem is, is that the corruption in gotham runs so deep that if we were to clean it out the whole city would collapse into itself yeah yeah <laughs> because yeah. the systems that keep the whole city running would then cease to exist it's too big to fail the GCPD is too big as an organization to fail. And we're not talking about just the GCPD. As we saw in Batman Begins, judges, right? Mm-hmm. You know, elected officials. So it goes way deeper than just a bunch of Gordon's men or a bunch of Harvey's men. But even when he won't give up Batman, Harvey still gives him the warrants to for the other banks. So he gives him the olive branch here. He could have really stood and been the person to, to fight against him and really try to coax out this Batman thing. Uh, why do you think he he still tries to earn Gordon's trust instead of kind of putting his heels in? Uh, he too. I assume because <laughs> he feels the need to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that. There's he. Well, as you, as the movie goes on, Harvey becomes kind of obsessed with this particular uh, yeah. case yeah. and and yeah. doing whatever he needs to do to get these people in jail to solve it to win. Yeah. You know? I think that's a that with, with Gordon, and particularly in the beginning of the film, the beginning of the relationship, he just needed that. Like, okay, we can build this trust. We can do sure, this. Here. Here's a little honey. Here's a little honey. Yeah. Get more done with honey than uh. I'm sure he got open too. He was open. They're gonna have a com- They had a conversation with Batman on the roof. I was there. We were all together. This was great. Yeah. We're friends now. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Uh. So at Wayne Tower, a Chinese businessman named Mr. Lau gives a presentation about the merger of their companies, but is discouraged as Bruce Wayne is shown to be fast asleep. Um, oh. I love Bale's depiction of either Elouf or Playboy Bruce Wayne. They don't do a lot of it, but I, he really nails it. Like, you, you get why he's fucking exhausted. <laughs> like, you, you, we just saw all that stuff with Scarecrow and stuff, you know? And to be there and then finish all that, talk to... Uh, Gordon about the banks and then you know have this meeting at 9 a.m. meeting about numbers yeah. you don't care about he's over it and then Lucius is like yeah I don't think we should be he pulls him to the side like yeah I don't think we should be making this deal he's like yeah I yeah I don't really want to do it either so let's not and I was like okay he, apparently he was looking through all these guys books um go ahead I was going to say, I think uh, it kind of implied that the reason they were in the, even in the building was so that he can get a closer look at some of their information. Yeah. I, so I wonder how much of that sleeping Bruce was a put on. That makes oh. a lot of sense. This way they could have been, yeah. they could have ejected easier. Um, so this is where he also tells Lucius, he's like, yeah, call the deal off. But then he also tells him that he needs a new suit where he could turn his head. Um, now, I think when... When you say the new suit, I don't, I, I don't remember liking the cowl as much in Batman Begins. I think the whole, all the Nolan cowls, uh, they, they, they're a bit they much. bother me. I yeah. don't like them. But in the beginning <laughs> of this movie, he would be wearing the same suit he was wearing in Begins, right? Yes. You would think, yeah. Yeah. So, because I'm like, I was like, I think I like it a little more. Maybe it was a light. Like, maybe we're right, seeing right. it in the new light or something. I liked it a little more than I liked the suit that they end up making for him. The I think motorcycle helmet. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe it's the longness of the cow. The reason he can't move his neck is probably what I like the most about it. Yeah, <laughs> so, I don't. I don't think it's anything we've ever seen practical. 
this whole neck moving thing we've seen it in live action before they actually have to move their entire shoulders you know whenever they have to talk to somebody to the side they they move their their whole body uh-huh. um, so it was always an inside joke with fans and about the live action portrayals of these characters and then this kind of hits the nail on it i like the practicality of it but there has to be a middle ground you know um and i don't know i don't i don't i don't know i don't know um I, I will the, take the, 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 the motorcycle helmet probably over the weird high collar thing that they do in the Batman. Oh, yeah. I can see that. The, the, to me, um, the cowl and even the suit makes him look smaller than the last suit. The last suit kind of made him look a bit bigger. This one makes him look fitter. Like, yes. you know, like a, like a runner's physique kind of yeah uh, for Batman. Um, where I think in most portrayals that I think of, he's like this bigger brooding uh, person, but we seem to be getting smaller in live action portrayals besides Batfleck. That's a twink Batman. Hey, all, bro. Of them, all of them. <laughs> they don't have the girth of a Batfleck, you know? None of them. None that's of them the, measure up to my what, beef. That's why you know you can't get uh, that so pleasure I, without that girth. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, it's it's, it's, it's kind of funny, really, because it's like... Like Bale is in great shape for this film to begin with. Yes. Um, and it, it's sort of hilarious how you go to this much bulkier suit that really doesn't even match the body that Ben Affleck put on for it, even though he's in great shape too. But that suit is bigger than he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, yeah. in was not in direct response to it, but just to go from, you know, kind of medium. To beefy, to big guy in beefy suit, to just Robert Pattinson who doesn't give a shit. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that was mostly because of Snyder and and who was it that did the story with him? Was it Terrio? They wanted that Chris Terry. Dark Knight. They wanted that Dark Knight Returns Batman. They specifically wanted a B. I think I I'm, I bet it said it on the call sheet like beefy Probably. Batman. We want to be gray man. Is he the only one? He's the only one who did the gray. They're just feeding Affleck, Kansas, Chef Boyer, D. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can do this. You No, can you, this. you are the true beefy <laughs> Batman. Look at reshoot uh, Justice League Batman. That's beefy Batman. <laughs> <laughs> That's wow. a real beefy Batman. That's a real beefy <laughs> Batman. Do you bleed? Yeah, do you do you eat? Because <laughs> I, I, I could eat. <laughs> so, um, guys, this is the only Batman feature, featured adaptation where he never is equipped with a batarang. Mm. No batarangs in this whole film. He just has a retractable, the shooty thing, the shooty from his arms, his gauntlets, Yeah. Uh, so all that batarang Sharu can talk last week. They were like, you know what? Forget it. I don't know which one's which, so we're not doing any of them. <laughs> we're just gonna have this stuff shoot out of him. We're gonna shoot them. He was really all up on that military stuff for this movie. <laughs> yeah, he has some very interesting ass gadgets. My favorite is like that ridiculous like plastic bomb gun. Oh yeah, <laughs> shoots in shoots Hong from, Kong. Shoots from two miles away. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so later that night, Harvey and Rachel are out to dinner when Bruce Wayne shows up and crashes their dinner with a Russian ballerina on his arm. He waves some money around to get them seated together, and the four of them discuss Batman and whether his one-man war on crime is something that Gotham needs. They talk about the danger of one man thinking he's above the law, and Harvey remarks, uh, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. A take on the popular phrase, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Um... Dent correctly deduces that Batman would want to do. See, because Caesar 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When she had to, <laughs> she had to get in there. I was like, I get it. I get it. You know, and there was this other guy, and his name was. It, it, it's almost like whenever whenever anyone brings up Hitler to defend anything. <laughs> yeah, and then there was the other guy who thought that way too. His name was Hitler. It's like, come on, like, can we not? Yeah, this is basic stuff here. Um, so yeah, then like Batman doesn't want to do this forever. He wants other citizens to stand up in his place, which I don't know if even Bruce thought about at the time. And then Bruce is like, wait, other people could st- I could quit this. Like other people could stand up in my place. And then he starts looking at, cause she puts the paper in front of his face about, you know, is Harvey Dent the Batman. He's like, yo, he could totally take my place. I'm out of here. I just got to get this wrapped up. Talk to Rachel for a second, figure this whole thing out. So Bruce smiles offers to throw a fundraiser for Dent's reelection for the hell of it. One party with my friends and you won't something, something, something. You'll never need a cent. There you go. You'll never rich, need another cent. Rich people stuff. Hey, oh, you'll never need another cent. So <laughs> freshly robbed, uh, the various factions of organized crime meet up to discuss protecting their money. And it is revealed one of the people ready to help them is Mr. Lau from earlier. He tells them they have a mole in the GCPD, another breadcrumb trail of the dirty cops in Gotham. Uh, the mole in the GCPD has reported that the police have used the marked bills to track the mob's money, and they've obtained warrants to seize all their money today. Luckily, without any of their permission, Lau has already moved all their money to a secure location that only he knows about and he will protect uh, for a fee. Uh, He also says that he's on his way to China, so he can't be interrogated by American police and give up the location. Um, We suddenly hear a laugh coming from the background, and the Joker makes himself known to the room. He kills a mobster who approaches him with a magic trick and suggests that Lau is not the man to trust. He questions what's changed in the past years, mentioning the mob is running from the police and more so the Batman. He tries to convince the mobsters that Batman is their biggest fish to fry and he's willing to take him out for half of the share of all of their money. He warns them that taking too much time to decide uh, could be dangerous, mentioning that the cops will not stop their hunt for the mob and their money. A mobster named Gamble becomes enraged and reminds everyone that it was this man who stole from them in the first place and places a bounty on his head. Seeing that he doesn't have many fans in the room, Joker decides to leave before leaving behind a Joker card asking them to call him when they're serious. What do you guys want to say about this scene? Uh, it's an iconic, it's a pretty iconic scene, honestly. The old uh, want to see a magic trick thing. I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love the story of it being legitimately dangerous to pull off. Right. Even with oh, all yeah, he the did effects. it 20, 20 times. I think he did. He did really? It. Yeah, yeah. Physically. They literally killed. made the guy. Yeah. No special effects. All practical. They, they had a stunt guy push the pencil out of the way. And I don't know what this means, but it said that during the takes of this, there were two knockouts. I don't know what that oh means. Oh, my God. Maybe homeboy had butted the table a little hard. He Most hit likely, that yeah. pencil. He hit the yeah. pencil. Oh, <laughs> two two former actors hit the pencil. We don't know where they are now. The third stunt <laughs> guy, he got the job because <laughs> he could do it. Um, yeah, man. The whole you ought to know you bought it. All that stuff is great. I know the squealers and mm, interest points. Um. I'm not crazy. I'm not all that. All that. All those little ticks. So freaking good. And Nolan casted 
ledger in this because he felt like he was fearless and i feel like this is one of those scenes like even the bank robbery scene he just he looks like he's just walking about a mall right oh. like he's not like it, this is so nothing to him and the same thing with here a bunch of like mobster the the organized crime of gotham city all meeting up here and he just strolls in and then strolls out uh, like i said ec- extremely iconic scene gt you know the one one of my favorite ticks about the Joker in this is one that they supposedly didn't even plan for, which is the very uncomfortable, like, um, constant licking of his lips yeah. that Heath Ledger does throughout the entire thing. And, yeah. it's, and it's just because that the scar makeup is yeah, the just, like, irritating him constantly. So he's just, yeah, like, the glue and stuff it. is falling off, so he's trying to, like, to adhere it to the sides of his mouth by licking it and it just becomes a thing he does the entire film and it becomes a to, part of it to yeah. the point that to the point that now the in the batman barry kroger's how yeah. do you fucking say that guy's kogan 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 kroger's kogan what's it druid from the eternals yeah he he's does the same thing almost he's like mimicking that a bit in his when he's talking to the Riddler in his uh, Arkham. Even when he's talking to Bruce, he's all the I was like, okay. Yeah. I fucking hate this. He he um <laughs> he he he's like a dog licking a wound. And yeah. um he, later on he ends up you know comparing himself to a dog chasing tires. Like, and and then at one point he adopts three dogs from the Russian guy. Uh-huh. So it's very there's a dog motif thing uh going to on. your pooches. Yes, <laughs> he got a little bit of an accent there when he said that. He did. Oh my! My uh, long Halloween scene of the trio of Dent, Gordon, and Batman meeting up to discuss how all the mom's money was conveniently moved mm-hmm. once Dent got involved. But that is specifically right. They're like, once you yeah. found out about it, it got moved. Oh, you telling me it wasn't your cops? They were on the beat. I gotta say to again, to again, find about which which team is more corrupted. Yeah, Batman's like, I don't give a fuck about any of this. What's going on? We gotta stop this. And they, and they both, <laughs> I almost got one of your guys cold on the racketeering beat. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. Oh, who Ramirez? Words? Yeah, he's 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 pissed. And they name dropped the the dirty cops, the cops that will end up being dirty yep. later on in this film. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. But yeah, after they accuse each other's departments of being dirty, they ask Batman to apprehend Lao from China because out of their jurisdiction. Again, asking a man to do something illegal so they can get him into the legal lines, mm-hmm. the legal margins, and then do something with him. So Bruce's like, yeah. It's not dirty if we didn't do the dirt and just pick up the pieces. I just think it's very funny how absurd it is. Like, yeah, we can't extradite him from China. I'll extradite him myself. I'll like, get him. You want me to I'll get him? I'll get him. I, I will literally anyway. drag him back to <laughs> America bat, bat, by bat, his fucking leg. Bat I will. doesn't have jurisdiction. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what he says. So Joker already planned it out. And like you said, like it's like anybody want anything else from China? Like I'll, I'll go. I'll grab him. If that's that's the big <laughs> issue. Getting him from China. I can get him from China. Um, but Nolan said one of the themes of this film was escalation. Right. Uh-huh. And this is why I say that that while Alfred is down, he's down with doing the next big thing, hoping that it will stop everything. Yeah. Right. But it doesn't. So he has to be down with the next other big thing, hoping that that thing is going to stop everything. And right now, with this whole extradite uh, loud thing from China, Gordon warns that a bold move like this could mean things could get ugly. And then it's like, well, that's what we signed up for. 
you know, which I think he got from Rachel. Mm-hmm. Being like, if people don't shoot you, which means that she's the problem with all this. Going back to <laughs> going back to pointing out villains, it was Rachel messing all this up. Uh, the next day, Bruce gets all the equipment he needs to get to China to apprehend Lao and get back without landing. He also gets a suit upgrade that makes his suit more flexible, but more vulnerable to knives and gunfire. Yeah. It's very interesting that for like, for everything we understand about the Joker, for most of this movie, Bruce does not take him nearly as seriously as we do. <laughs> uh, to I'll take it one step further. Um, he makes a point. I don't know if it's now, but in general, to generalize, and he takes a lot. It's it's funny because we said this last week that he um, likes to steal people's lines. Yeah, but he says to Alfred, "In this, criminals aren't complicated," which is from Roz, from Rach. Yeah, you know, and I think he realizes real fucking quick, and he keeps trying to keep that mantra. Like I'm thinking too hard, I'm doing too much. It can't be that complicated, but it is um the the joke is that while these things seemingly are random and chaotic they are meticulously planned like you said you know there is a logic to it and once batman realizes what joker's really trying to do the edge lord of it all which i'm i'm gonna love to get into when we get there mm. um you know th- when he when batman flips that on his head literally it makes it one of the most inspiring batman stories out because the only reason why a lot of the Joker stuff works in this is because he's betting on the worst of humanity. Yes. He's betting on the fear. He's betting on the desperation. He's betting on uh, the literally the worst uh, parts of us. And he makes the biggest bet at the end, and he doesn't win. You know? mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's great. Like, I love that in hindsight. I love that Bruce was so hopeful for Gotham. I was like, that's... Uh... It's a big bet to make, bro. I don't know if I do it. That's a slight. That's that's really that's a big leap, uh, Bruce. I didn't know you cared that much. (laughs) Could you imagine ever in Gotham? Could you imagine ever saying, "The Bronx has showed you its true face"? (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna say if 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 my bet is is to bet on Debo, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. (laughs) Hey, man. (laughs) Give it to me so I can do what you should have done 10 minutes ago. (laughs) I I fought Hulk Hogan. (laughs) So know how to take a life. (laughs) Then it goes to Lau. Um since we're just on that scene for a moment, because I see it every single time they get to that scene with the boat, and I know that that remote almost doesn't freaking make it in that scene and yeah. they're just like just keep it we're not doing yeah. it again they just left it they just left the freaking <laughs> remote in the scene you um this is you were talking about alfred being down he's not down at babysit these ballerinas uh, he's over that which makes me think that he lived a hell of a young life you know I think I most my- old men would still be a bit a bit excited for this venture but he's just over this i know? had my times bruce i'm done <laughs> yeah maybe he had like a yeah maybe he had like a gator-esque you know stable of women back in his day <laughs> just all oh, this was like a you watched pennyworth what, what i didn't watch penny i haven't seen pennyworth oh, you haven't? You see- i thought you did uh-uh, uh uh mm. dance no i'm not watching that shit <laughs> Um, so boop, boop, boop. elsewhere, 
men show up at Gamble's location saying they have the body of the Joker. This oh. was a setup as Joker leaps to his feet and tells Gamble a story of how he got his scars from an abusive father before killing him. Uh-huh. So, did you Michael see? J- my, did you see, yeah. see my boy all young and baby faced as one of the thugs? Yeah, he's um, uh, Manchester Black, right? Yep. Yeah, the actor who plays Manchester Black is one of the goons in this. But I also wanted to say that um, made that DC money early. <laughs> according to Michael Jai White, Gamble wasn't supposed to die in this scene. Really? He was supposed to come back later in a scene with Crane and have the scar on his face. But he believes that they made it a death scene to further make Joker iconic post his death. Sure. I don't know how all that lines up. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's I mean, not. I mean, I totally get it because I always, I always watch that scene going, okay, but how is he dead though? Me too. And then yeah, I was like, but that's to... how you got those scars. No. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're fine. You're walking around. You only give yeah. me one. <laughs> so yeah, he should be good. But yeah. It's um, Michael J. White death by face scar. In this one particularly, because it does the same thing. You know, he, this is where the why so serious comes from. You know, um, hell of a line, hell of a marketing tactic, right? Uh, but I looked back at the scene to see if maybe he slit his throat. Like maybe I missed, I missed it. He moved his hand. No, it's just a, uh, apple peeler to the mouth. And, yeah. uh, yeah, that, that's it there. But, um, he offers his men a spot on his team. If they're willing to kill each other for it, another really playful kind of funny scene of, you know, we're going to have tryouts. tryouts. So good. Aggressive expansion. Yeah, like he's having fun with it. Uh, in China, Lucius meets with Lao to tell him there will be no merger. Secretly, the real reason Lucius visited Lao is so he could leave his phone, uh, which acts as a sonar device, mapping out Lao's entire building for when Batman goes to apprehend him. That night, Batman is able to successfully apprehend Lao and leaves him on the steps of the GCPD building. During interrogation with Rachel Dawes, Lao says he will give up his all his clients so long as he doesn't go to county. Dent realizes he could charge the entire mob using the Rico law if Lao gives up the names, so Dawes tries to make a deal with Lao for the info. Lao wants immunity, protection, and a plane back to China. Dent assumes Lao will be killed in county prison, so the decision is made that he stays in the GCPD until after his trial. The mobsters are arrested one by one, and the Rico law works. Harvey is able to try and convict 549 criminals. Even though they won't all serve their maximum sentence, he's excited about the prospect of clean streets, uh, even if it's temporary. The mayor tells Harvey he's painting a target on his back and he could be making some dangerous enemies. Suddenly, a body bangs loudly on the window next to them, and we see with a closer look that it seems to be one of the Batman copycats, painted up with Joker makeup and tied to a noose. On his body, jump scare. There was a jump scare a moment. Batman a jump scare. And also for a film that, that that deals with a lot of darkness and a lot of murder, there are, there's very little blood in this. Uh-huh. Very little blood. And I think literally the blood is what doesn't make these some of these things way more horrifying because this is horrifying. A dead body being hung by a noose and thrown at your window, like that's pretty it's pretty jacked up. Every moment that would be physically or, or visually gruesome is just covered up with a a, a good old Hans Zimmer. Bang, bang. Yeah. Or a cutaway. Um, stylistically, so and it works. Mm-hmm. It keeps it keeps their rating, you know. So, uh, on the body- I was gonna say this is one of those things where anytime somebody is just like, 
Like, why cut away? I was like, you don't need it. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah. You just If you want the R rating, you want to go there, go there. But on the body of the copycat is a Joker playing card. The news shows the videotape that came with the body, and we hear Joker behind the camera as he antagonizes the Batman copycat before turning the camera on himself and giving Gotham an ultimatum. Batman must unmask or more people will be killed starting tonight. Uh Uh, Heath Ledger directed both homemade videos that the Joker sends to the GCN. The first video involving the fake Batman was done under writer, producer, and director Chris Nolan's supervision, but Nolan thought Ledger had done so well with the sequence that he felt there was no need for him to be around when he filmed the other scene with the newscaster. What do you guys think of these viral Joker videos? I enjoy it. They work. They really work. Yeah. I think there's something really like sk- kind of like kind of horrifying about um just watching uh a very a very close up and unnerving shot of him in this shaky cam. It's like it's all the chaotic nature of it. It's yeah. in your face, it's unstill, it's hard to predict, and then it comes at you with a screeching laugh. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, it's I hate to uh, to even say this, but you know I <laughs> the the you know who really reminds me of the freaking Joker these days? The guy and maybe oh for longer oh for longer than I've realized. Oh boy. Goddamn John Moxley. I never really <laughs> put the thing together. The ticks yeah, and the I'm, and the <laughs> Yeah, I was like watching this and I'm like, where the fuck? Why he's I, why I think he's I, worse in the pre WWE days with that stuff. Yeah, 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 because he moves real funny the promo, and weird. The promo, it's not even just a movement, it's the promo, it's the way they talk that sure. was what I noticed. That I was like, I, why is this delivery so fresh to me? Like, why yeah. would I just oh. hear this Joker? It was on probably on one Wednesday night, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely um inspired a ton of people, so I could, I could see it done that way. Um, I, I do, like you guys said, it, there's, a, there's a visceral nature of it. He feels like a force of nature. Um, and in a better world, like in a, not a better world, how do I put this? I don't see a news station that puts these videos up. <laughs> in, the, in the real world. In a smarter world. Like you don't want to put the, the criminal's manifesto up. For the no, world you probably don't. You know, so. But we, we these days we've done enough. You know, it is known as British, so he doesn't know about the uh, huge amounts of domestic terrorism that, that occur. We've we've nailed it down there. Now we don't show any. Of well, stuff. I mean, I think I, I, I guess the Batman sort of covers exactly why you don't do that because then you'll get a bunch of people that agree with him. A hundred percent, and want to destroy my beautiful Madison Square Garden. Oh. Ridiculous, Gotham Square Garden. <laughs> at at the fundraiser, Bruce arrives via chopper. And after cracking some jokes, endorses Harvey as the DA. Later, he takes Rachel to the balcony and tells her that they can be together because of the existence of Harvey as DA would allow him to step down as Batman as she wants. But she seems unsure. Again. Uh, Again. Officer Ramirez tells Gordon that the Joker card on the dead body has three different sets of DNA on it, possibly hinting to Joker's next targets. The DNA traces back to Judge Cirillo, the judge that handled the Rico case, Harvey Dent, the DA, and the police commissioner, Loeb. So Gordon sends his men to these locations. He's right to do so. As Judge Cirillo is born, blown up in her car, Loeb is poisoned. 
Harvey, however, proposes to Rachel, but is interrupted when Bruce puts him in a sleeper hold and hides his body. Uh, I once saw a Reddit feed where they went into a whole discussion about what killed Loeb and how it didn't make sense to them. The poison? And he just dive deep into the science of like nothing would smoke nothing would have oh done yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. that he so could actually they... ingest to kill him <laughs> it, it, so it, they it never found so anything so they never found anything <laughs> no that's hilarious that's great that's great they just, so they, they, acid. They just end up dry with ice he choked on it and died <laughs> they just the end up just agreeing that like yeah this scene makes no sense right <laughs> scientifically it makes no sense I'm telling you. Was Loeb corrupt in this world? I don't think so. I don't think they ever I don't think they ever insinuate that he is, no. He's just a dick. Right. He was well, yeah. a dick. He was well, an antagonistic dick. Okay. I and even though he was a dick, the mayor what, always is. Yeah, he's named after um obviously Jeff Loeb. Who's also an antagonistic famous. dick. <laughs> oh, there you go. He got that's where he got his namesake. So uh, the Joker, after the yoke up, after he gets yoked up, the Joker uses the distraction to dangle Rachel out of a window and he lets her go. So, oh no, I jumped a bunch of that stuff. Joker has to show up first, right? So, <laughs> right on time, the Joker, shit out of Michael Kane. Yeah, right on time, Joker crashes the party looking for Dent, intimidating and threatening party goers before settling on antagonizing Rachel. He gives her a different version of his scar story, this time involving a wife with gambling debt. Before things get out of hand, though, Batman shows up and does battle with the goons. Joker uses this distraction to dangle Rachel out of a window and let her go, so Batman chases after her and not him. This Batman's whole like, scene was full of one-liners that I just... I, I was just like, wow! So good. <laughs> it, it, it's all so good. The, the camera work of constantly spinning around. Uh, Rachel and Joker, as he tells his story, just getting you all disoriented and shit. So good. You're gonna um, love me. Yes. I hated my father. <laughs> so, like, there's also that guy who he, who he tells, like, the that he starts talking about, like, you know, you remind me of my father, and I hated my father. And apparently, he's been in a bunch of Batman films. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember who yeah. the exact gentleman is, but yeah. He's a politician, right? A senator? I believe yes. so. Yeah, he's in Batman v Superman. I know that. Oh wow. Yeah, man. There are a lot of uh, politicians in Batman v Superman. <laughs> uh so yeah, yeah, and I still never got like the whole like holding on to Rachel and smashing through a car several stories down and everyone's okay <laughs> thing, but Rachel. Gordon is told uh that these deaths that are occurring and I, I guess i want to speak to that a little bit too like the editing in this film is what makes all of joker's acts look so crazy and chaotic obviously the music does a lot with the tension and stuff but like the idea that seemingly as being displayed all of joker's plans are going on at the same time yes and while those are going on he's not even there he's somewhere else finishing another part of the plan makes him feel like this this ethereal force more so yes. than an actual tangible person but then also the uh the side part of the plan that you didn't even see coming also shows up later yeah that he completely yeah. planned for and that's why i'm saying like the stakes get raised because you think that it's the last time we got to raise him but he's already playing the next big thing you know and we're, we're, we're all of us are all a step away um gordon is told that these deaths are discouraging people from continuing to go after the mob 
Dent proves to still be determined and goes straight for Lau, choosing to make sure he stays safe so that he can testify. Bruce and Alfred speak about cross lines and raising stakes. Alfred assumes Bruce doesn't understand that Joker isn't someone who can be bought, as he is simply the kind of man who enjoys watching the world burn and nothing else. Mm -hmm. uh, very iconic line, very iconic speech. Um, later, Batman overhears Joker's voice on the police plotter and gives an address. A Joker gives an address to the body of Harvey Dent, but instead we find the dead bodies of a man named Har Richard Harvey and Patrick Dent. Mm -hmm. um, Batman takes a chunk out of the wall uh, that has a bullet funny, hole in funny, it, ha -ha. and does something with it that I can't explain. He, I believe I he it. takes I several get... bullets and shadows them against like a very similar brick to study he... the shadow piece, to study the shadow like um, pattern. And but could try you to put get together a thumbprint from there? I think if you are able to completely restore the shadow piece, you could probably put the rest of it together. The idea is that the machine is it's it's so freaking advanced it can it can it can scan the fragments in yeah. the in the brick once it knows what kind of bullet it is because it had to he's got that machine that has I guess every caliber bullet right, right, shoot right, out right. a wall so you can compare once it knows what caliber bullet it is it can scan the pieces and whatever is on it like yeah so gets, the ballistics of it yeah yeah. Not just the ballistics, but the oil, the the oil tracings of a finger. Yeah. Like it, so when you put the whole picture together, I, you'd get a fingerprint. Obviously, we don't have that kind of technology in yeah, real that, life. That's but, another uh, thing I've seen people. I saw people debate, and it's just like you just gotta just Batman has. Yeah, you gotta Batman. accept it. It's Batman. He's a freaking. <laughs> he did the hook thing out of a building in China. Okay, once yeah. we accepted that. Oh, the sky hook. Yeah. Out of the I think building, the sky too. Hook was real though. The sky hook was real when they would come down on you from above. Yeah, they come down on you, they snatch you, they keep going. They hooked him out of a built from inside the window thing. Yeah, pulled him out. It was insane. <laughs> what if the person attached to him? I think we were If I was loud, I'd be screaming like a bitch. Yeah, he should have, or he maybe fainted. He just fainted, mm, probably. <laughs> I, I also done. think that's also one of the few times we see Batman outside of Gotham in general. Especially yeah. outside of the United States. I think it might be the only time he's ever outside the United States. I feel like that's one of those things where someone if, if, with a lesser writer, you would just be like, okay, so Batman's been gone for like a week and a half. Let's fuck this place up. No, they were they were like, you know how you break a billion? We do 10 minutes in China. That's what we do. We spend 10 minutes of this film in China. That's how you break a billion here. Listen, you leave Transformers alone. Hey, bro. They got there first. So, um... What I like in this, like I said, we're 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 constantly talking about the stakes. Um, this is where we start turning telling the story about the whole, you know, uh, burning thing. But with this, like, go with this Harvey Dent, Patrick Dent, whatever Harvey thing, mm -hmm. he's just killing people to kill people. Like those are two dead bodies. They're not the dead bodies he thought that, that they would find, which is Harvey. But they kind of treat and they like have zero significance. Yeah, but the, it just shows you how little he that, regard for life Joker has, where he he's killing these people for a clue, for the joke. And then back to what <laughs> we were talking about before with the bullet. The bullet doesn't point at the Joker. The bullet points at a guy, one of three people that live close to where the parade is going to be taking place because they think that the mayor is going to be targeted next. So yeah, it's a lot of like getting it all right to get to where you got to go. Mm -hmm. And um, 
yeah, like a lesser known person would have never, none, none of the rest of this movie would have happened because they would have never figured out, I got to go to Melvin White's apartment, you know, and figure this all out. Uh-huh. But that's the guy they got to go. In a funny side scene, we see Mr. Reese confront Lucius about the coincidences between the tech and the R&D department and Batman's gadgets. He offers to blackmail Bruce Wayne or tell his secret. Oh, and geez. Lucius tells him, good luck. And yeah, I, I thought that was funny. Because um, you have to answer the question, right? Why does no one put it together? Yeah. And so you actually have somebody in the film put it together. And uh, even like, yeah, that's the kind of guy you want to threaten once you've got this all together. He beats people up at night, and that's the kind of guy you want to blackmail. All right, bro. I thought it was funny that <laughs> Lucius was just talking way too much in this scene because the guy's like, "Yeah, you know, you build you build gadgets for Batman," and then he all of a sudden Lucius is implying that no, it's Bruce. Oh, <laughs> He's yeah. like, "Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Right. you mean to tell me you think that the the guy who owns this company and and freaking Reese is like, no, I I didn't think that, but." Now I, I do, do now. Yeah, but now <laughs> I, I do. do now. I thought you were just giving it to one of your friends. I didn't think it was. I thought you was. Yeah, because they were coming up. I thought he was buying stuff. from you or something. You think, like, yeah. he gave, you think he gave Reese too much credit? Yeah. <laughs> he definitely did. Fig- figured out the rest of it. Oh, man. He's like, wait, you didn't put that together? I thought, I thought it was obvious. Almost <laughs> gave up the whole thing, bro. Uh, the next day, a public service memorial is held for the late Commissioner Loeb, but Batman finds the honor guard for the ceremony stripped of their uniforms, tied up, blindfolded, and gagged in Melvin White's apartment. At the ceremony, Joker, with his henchmen, all dressed up as the honor guard, shoot at Mayor Garcia during the 21-gun salute. Gordon jumps in front of Garcia and is shot in the back, saving the mayor. The memorial breaks into a chaotic riot, and the Joker and his men disappear into it. One of the Joker's goons is Thomas Shift, played by David Dalsmanchen, a paranoid schizophrenic who is shot by the police. Shift is handcuffed in an ambulance, but Dent manages to hijack the vehicle so he can interrogate him about the Joker. Uh, Gordon's wife is informed about her husband's death and blames Batman. Meanwhile, Salve Moroni is captured in a club and interrogated by Batman for the Joker's location. Moroni claims to not know the Joker's location uh, and that no one will cross him for Batman because the Joker has no rules, whereas Batman will not kill. Mm-hmm. He then tells Batman that the only way he'll find the Joker is if he gives into his demands and lets the Joker find um, lets the Joker come find him. Harvey warns I, Rachel. Go ahead, Rachel. Oh, I was gonna say before we uh, before we keep going, I thought this was an interesting scene for Harvey, seeing like uh, for all the for all the things that happened to him or whatever and forever uh-huh. all the reasons you could come up with ultimately it's just gotham scraping away at yeah another good person and it and it wins there's like there's no stopping it yeah it, it just it really takes harvey it took him there he was gonna yeah. kill his fucking it's slow, it's slow motion car dude. crash it's a slow motion car crash where you can't stop it and you the victim is somebody that you care about you care about harvey Dent. you believe in harvey Dent. Uh-huh. um and yeah, you know, that's the thing. Like, he has this moment where he calls Rachel. And he's like, "Go to wherever you're safe." And she's like, um, "I'm only safe at my ex boyfriend's house." And he's like, "Really? Fine. Go, go to your ex boyfriend's house <laughs> if you have to." Um, but I, like, I like, do, I do enjoy the idea though that also, um, we're we're already clued into the fact that it's a trick coin. 
but Batman doesn't know that. He's just like, no, what's wrong with you? Right. No, that's what I'm saying. So Batman shows up. Uh, Harvey has this criminal at gunpoint. You can see that the anger and desperation has already gotten the best of him as he's interrogating him, shooting and, and literally burning the guy and all this other kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, before things can get out of hand, Batman interve- intervenes and he kind of criticizes him for interrogating a mentally ill man. Yeah. Like he basically says, like, what do you think you're going to get out of him? Like, he's mentally ill. Um, he then tries to motivate Harvey by telling him that if he slips through the cracks, all the good he's already done will be erased. Uh, instead, Batman agrees to unmask, which Harvey is fully against. Um, That's when he screams at him. With one last look at the bat suit, Bruce closes up shop. This now, this scene always makes me laugh because it's just Alfred shoveling paperwork in the furnace. And he's going to be Batman like tomorrow, the next uh-huh. day. Like, what did they get rid of in that? In that moment where they start, like, you want me to burn those things too? Yes, the, all the records. I actually asked myself those questions. I asked myself that same question. Like, what is it that he had? Like, oh, shit. Receipts? <laughs> is it receipts? <laughs> it's, it's a journal. I assume Batman keeps journals because it's, it's many, many different versions of Batman have the little black book or whatever. Like, they, uh, yeah. they all take journals so they can look back on their old cases just in case they have to or whatever. So you think he's mad he had to burn all his journals for no reason? Absolutely. I'd be furious. Fuck. <laughs> okay. That's why he was a hermit for the rest of the thing. He was getting his books back in I order. I can't be Batman again, <laughs> Alfred. I thought I was the Dark Knight, but all my notes are gone. I, <laughs> it's not happening. Even the one with the Grand Theft Auto codes. All of them, Alfred. All of my notes. <laughs> telling you. So, yeah, that, that, that. There's a lot going on with Harvey. You're starting to see it slip. Um, and he really doesn't want Batman to give up his thing. Like I said, he, he really believes in Batman and his whole journey. But yeah, they close up shop on the Batcave. Harvey holds a press conference to discuss the Batman situation and claims that they're surrendering him because they're scared. And he tries his best to give the town a, a pep talk, but the amount of lost lives is too much and people are scared. Oh. We, this is the part that I was joking about off air where I was saying that they're just heckling Harvey. Like, no more dead cops. Yeah. Things are worse than ever. All that stuff. Um, and before Bruce has a chance to turn himself in as the Batman, Harvey confesses that he's the Batman. And he's taken into custody. Rachel questions Bruce and Harvey's interaction with Alfred, but it ultimately gives Pennyworth a letter for Bruce before leaving. I also I lo- I love forgot Alfred the scene. In this scene. I love I for- Alfred in the scene. Well, I forgot the scene before this where Bruce tells Rachel, yeah, I'm going to give Batman up so we could totally be together. And she's like, yeah, but if you give Batman up, then they won't let us be together. And I was like, what, what, are you, what are you doing to this man? <laughs> you told him what you want him to do, and then he did it. And then you tell him if he does it that way, it's not going to work. And later on in this letter, he's going to say, and even she puts, you won't. I'm not even going to give you the opportunity to. And even if you do, we're still not going to get together. Horrible. Horrible. Mm-hmm. I just love it. how she's all she's all asking Alfred, like, how can he do this? And Alfred's just like, girl, he's got a, almost a smile on his face. Girl, what do you yeah. mean? How can he do it? That's absolutely the right thing. Yeah, he's like, maybe. Are you confused, maybe. Rachel? Because she calls him, she calls, I think I want to say she calls Bruce a coward or something like that. Yeah. Or like real he's brave like, yeah. for letting Harvey Cause take all the she, fall. Because all she, yeah, all she thinks is she's letting Harvey take the heat and he's going to get put away. 
Alfred's right. like two seconds away from being like, shut the fuck up, Rachel. Shut up and it, get out. Give me your letter. Stupid. You got to wait for the third act. It's the prestige. You got to wait for the, oh the man to come back. That's what it's all about. So in route to, oh, uh, yeah, he reveals he's Batman. Um, she goes to Harvey and tries to convince him to change his mind, knowing that he isn't Batman. He gives her a kiss and flips a double-sided coin to decide what he should do, but it's revealed that it is a double-sided coin. She, he smiles. She takes the coin and he's taken into custody. Luck. Make your own luck. Uh, in he's route, doing this to bother John. This <laughs> in route to relocation, dense SWAT van transport is ambushed by a garbage truck and semi-trailer uh, driven by the Joker and his thugs. Like we said, the uh, laughter, slaughter stuff. The real I do, Batman. I do love that one quick like split second scene. He just pops out the corner with the shotgun. Yeah. Yep. Boom. Real fast. Um, the real Batman arrives because they think Batman is Harvey, but the real Batman arrives in the tumbler, crashing the garbage truck and driving to the rescue. Joker still attempts to kill Dent during transport with multiple firearms. He's escalating all his firearms. And when that doesn't work, he fires at Dent's transport van with a RPG. Had a bazooka? Yep. But the shot is intercepted by the Batmobile, causing it to crash with irreparable damage. Unbeknownst to Joker, Batman has a backup plan and takes on his secondary transportation, the Batpod, which bursts out the front of the now disabled Batmobile. Gentlemen, what do you think of the Batpod? It's I great. think that's I still a very uncomfortable a... position to be in. It is, and it didn't have any meat. Like the first time in the first movie, it was stupid. Like why? Why did he have to uh, bend over to get this <laughs> thing done? But at least now it gave it a reason, right? <laughs> it gave yeah. the whole uh, thing a reason. I think it's great because it's also like yet another example of Batman's uh, contingency plans. Yeah, I always thought it was cool when it did that wheel spinning thing, where the front wheel or is the front wheel or the back wheel, one of those wheels, wheel. kind of spins. Yeah, really, really cool stuff there. Um, and it's, it's like kind of bye-bye for the Tumblr, uh-huh. uh, which is interesting. I know he gets a bunch of proto-Tumblers in the next one, but I don't think he does much driving around in them. Uh, Batman successfully stops the Joker's truck with cables by flipping it upside down. Brilliant, practical scene. It looks uh-huh. tremendous. And it looks tremendous in a real city, not just a soundstage. You know, that's also yeah, what helps so, this movie. This whole scene, this whole scene from the very beginning to the end, it's all shot in IMAX, by the way. It's very, it's hilarious. The whole movie is. Uh, I like to tell, you, tell you myself don't... how many people were inconvenienced by this fantastic shot. Yeah, <laughs> I know. The whole thing, it's like a, what, 15 minutes, 12 minutes long? It's right. uh, a whole shot. It's. Probably my fa- it's probably my favorite thing in all in it's in all fucking film. I love it. I love it. I love it more than anything. I love yeah. it more than I love it more than some of those uh, theater cheering moments that people will bring up. Just the flip, flipping, the, flipping the truck. Oh uh, yeah, uh, the whole thing. From okay. the, from oh, the, the whole beginning to the the whole thing. The whole chase. The, the explosions in the tunnel. The flipping the truck. The Joker standing there wanting to die. The whole thing uh, is just amazing. Uh, yeah. I, it's awe-inspiring. It really is. Yeah, and then to think of like what the machinations were to do this practically, even in-universe, to think of the plan that Gordon and, and Batman came up with to get to this point, all of that stuff is so interesting. Um, yeah, so he flips the semi, 
Um, and then Joker ends up standing in the middle of the road with him and Batman at opposite ends. He faces the vigilante yelling, hit me, as Batman races towards him on the Batpod. Batman is forced to crash in order to avoid killing the Joker and lays wounded on the ground. And Joker has a grand old time kicking the Batman while he's down. I like that he's like laughing and <laughs> doing all those kind of stuff there. Suddenly, Gordon, who faked his death and had been driving Dent's transportation van, sneaks up behind the Joker and arrests him. Brilliant. Uh, you know, bait and switch moment here. Uh, while filming the chase scene, as, not for his wife. Oh yeah, right. While filming the chase scene that we were just talking about, um, the Chicago Police Department received several phone calls from concerned citizens saying that the police were involved in a vehicle pursuit with a dark vehicle of an unknown make or model. <laughs> There's a goddamn tank outside. <laughs> That's exactly what they said, but they couldn't put that in the what. In the <laughs> Um, I, the Joker. I, I was gonna say I always um not me, but I was watching this time for the podcast with my uh my wife and son, and they reminded me that the fr- I I always forget fucking Gordon is not dead. <laughs> like I I oh, yeah. I only remember because he's in the next movie, but I'm always like fuck. I forgot. I completely forget about the damn fake out. Like yeah. how do we yeah. how do we get out how do we get out of this? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. forget how we come out of this. Yeah, and the movie goes so far as to, like I said, when they tell Gordon's family, and that kind of hits us like, oh wow, like this is mm-hmm. this is for real skis. <laughs> but then when uh, Gordon comes out of it, and even you know, they had to address the family thing too, which I thought was pretty cool, which we'll get to. Um, so Joker is taken into custody, and since Commissioner Loeb was killed, the mayor promotes Jim Gordon as the new commissioner. I liked how that all was done. Um, Ledger improvised when he started clapping inside of his cell in a mocking kind of way uh, as Gordon is promoted and the clapping was not scripted but Nolan immediately encouraged the crew to continue filming and the sequence was included in the final cut Um, it's noted that Joker has no fingerprints on file and that all he had on him was knives and lint Lint. Uh, his clothing is custom and his DNA returns no matches Gordon goes home where his wife rightfully slaps him for his ruse. I think I think it's right to call it a ruse. I think it classifies as a ruse. Sure. Liar. <laughs> Liar. Back at lockup, a criminal complains about stomach pains. Gordon finds out Joker is ready for interrogation, but when the clown won't stop making jokes, Gordon leaves the room and lets Batman have some fun. You want to talk oh, about man. another iconic scene, right? Um, this is probably the scene I think of when I think of this movie. This just two guys on the opposite side of a table talking about the morals and stuff. They have this discussion and Joker explains that he doesn't in fact want to kill Batman as he's having way too much fun with him. Things- I, I, Go ahead. I, I wanted to say that the whole the whole the whole thing I really love about the um like he doesn't have any prints, there's no na- there's no name to connect him with, there's no alias, mm-hmm. there's no nothing. And it's like it I really enjoy this idea that it paints the joker as this sort of ethereal unexplainable entity yeah it's 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 at that point it's it's an inhumane idea that you're facing off against and not a man right he's a storm that blew into town and how do you contain a storm you know yeah uh, he's he's he doesn't have the same weaknesses as a man and it almost goes to show how much any of that stuff is not really that interesting, which is why I kind of winced when I found out we were getting a Joker movie and now a Joker sequel, because you are now going to explain things that we already shown don't need to be explained for him to be compelling. They're going to make him even more human. 
Yeah, whatever. Whatever the hell that means. It's it's also why I, I, I tend to reject the whilst whilst interesting and impressive in its scope, the <laughs> the proposed backstory that the Joker was like this former Navy SEAL or something. Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard versions of where he's done that. like military interrogation. Keep that. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it to yourself. Don't bring it up anymore. Oh, that was a Pat Oswald uh, thing, yes, right? Yes, it was. Like, he said that odds are he was. He some did sort of one funny thing, and now we're gonna fucking attach ourselves to every Pat Oswald comic idea. I can't with you people. Listen, I all it. I all I'm saying is people people try to connect dots, bro. That's why Obi Wan was made that whole show. We were just this trying to connect ridiculous. dots. You just but want I, money. What I will say, that's true. What I will say is um, this is kind of where it kind of gets laid out um, as an adult now. And they made the joke before, right? Like as a kid, you grew up being Batman or whatever. And when you grow up, you become the Joker, whatever the hell the uh-huh. meme says. Uh, it's the opposite for me, where in 2008, I was like, oh, yeah, Joker's super cool and this or whatever. But he's basically de- depicted or portrayed as somebody who obviously life kicked him around right uh-huh. and he has so little faith in human in humanity and i feel like the point he's trying to prove is not is not one that's absolute it's one sure. that's about perspective and when you look at things the way the joker looks at things you can always see things as trending downward yeah you know you could always see things as being pessimist pessimistic you could always see it as um the worst of the worst and i think we all go through that phase i think we all go through a phase of trauma where all you can see is the bad in the world and while his perspective is one that i think everyone experiences you got to get out of that uh-huh. you got to get out of that you can't stay in that joker it's mindset. corrosive it totally is and it, it gets to the point that joker gets to in this where your only goal then in life becomes to prove that your view is right yeah um even in the sacrifice of your own happiness i think despite what i just said i almost say i'd argue that that's probably the closest thing um the closest glimpse you have to whatever humanity the joker may have had was the idea that he needs to prove that he isn't the only one and that everyone is as awful as he is yeah and that the world sucks not just him I think that's even one uh, something said line for line in the film at one point where yeah. uh, Batman's like you you wanted the world to seem as ugly as you, yeah. Um, and when when boiled down to that, it's not as cool as of a motive, right? <laughs> like it's not as cool. Like before, it was like, oh yeah, nothing matters. But it's like no, if nothing matters and everything matters, you apply meaning to things. And to be in a world where nothing matters to you, it's kind of a sad existence. Yeah, it, it sounds a lot more fun to paint him off as just a chaotic nihilist, but it's 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 not exactly the best story beat. Because it makes it seem like he doesn't care, but <laughs> yeah. it, the actuality is he cares so much that he'll plan things to the nth degree to show he doesn't care. You know what i He's putting forth effort to show that things are effortless. <laughs> it doesn't make, doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but like I said, iconic scene um, where they have this conversation um, Things get heated when Batman yokes Joker up, demanding to know where Dent is because he's gone missing. Joker understands that Batman has a rule against killing, but reveals that he has set up a scenario in which he'll have no choice. Uh-huh. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he mentions that both Harvey and Rachel are in secret locations and that he won't be able to get to them in time. Enraged, Batman locks the door and begins to beat on Joker, who starts to laugh, realizing Batman has nothing to threaten him with. And this this reminded me the most of the Joker. You know, like, he wasn't really uh, a big hand-to-hand foe in the animated series, no. nor was he in the first Batman film. So, yeah, it, whenever it comes to hands, Joker's never going to win. But yeah. in this, it, they did a brilliant job of displaying that's not his game. Yeah, you could beat me to death, and then people that you know are gonna die, and then what? It what's what's kind of great about it to me is like it actually it almost from his perspective it kind of genuinely is hilarious because I literally just told you, oh by the way you're on a ticking clock, and you just took five minutes to stand here and punch me. Yeah, and hit me again. What you, there's nothing you can do. Like you're, you're still on my. You, you're you know you need game. to go right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're still playing my game, and whenever you're done beating me up, I'll tell you the rules. <laughs> you know, um. So he gives Batman the addresses for Rachel and Dent, and Batman goes to save Miss Dawes while the GCPD goes to save Harvey. Speaking of the two, we see them restrained in two different locations, although Joker has set up a speakerphone so they could speak to one another. They are both tied to chairs and surrounded by barrels of gas with a bomb attached. With Batman gone, Joker antagonizes a GCPD officer to the point that he tries to attack him and ends up a hostage. This is what you were talking about, GT? Mm-hmm. Um, at the lockup, the criminal who was complaining about stomach issues passes out. So they open the cell to check up on him. Rachel explains to Harvey that she was told only one of them would leave and they do their best to comfort each other in this messed up situation. I, uh, I was going to say, I thought it was really interesting that we just, uh, Batman broke that glass like that, and we just and and we just left it there. They just left yeah. it there. Like the yeah. whole hostage situation could have been could have been prevented if someone would have just cleaned up. You fucking yeah. idiot! It, it's even on. It's even on, in on screen. Like, yep. The beat the same the piece of glass. Yeah. It's there the whole time. Like damn it. Yeah. Batman. That's not that my, um Nolan leaves those breadcrumbs. It, it, it's not like a piece appeared for plot reasons. Yeah. It was it's not another knife in another yeah. pocket. And the, to, if you want to go to the nth degree, that means that Joker planned that Batman would hit him so hard that something would, oh. you know, loosen that could be used as a weapon, which, again, goes to the meticulous level that in which he plans things. Um, yeah, they talk to one another. Harvey tries to free himself and knocks over a gas barrel before falling himself face deep into it. Oh. Joker comes out of the GCPD with his hostage and asks for his one phone call. The timer ticks down as Batman and GCPD rush to uh, Harvey and Rachel's locations. While Joker gets his phone call, he uses it to detonate a bomb he's placed inside of the criminal who was complaining about stomach pains. Trouble arose during a PR campaign before this movie's release when a website related to this movie sent out several cakes purported from the Joker uh, <laughs> containing a cell phone inside which made the cake vibrate and had a wire sticking out, making the cake look like a bomb. That's one not such, scary at all. One such news station, which received one of the cakes, believed it to be an actual terrorist act, and the entire building had to be evacuated. So, no more. Free advertising. No more PR bombs. <laughs> Batman reaches the location, but once he realizes he's been tricked, uh, once he gets there, he realizes he's been tricked as he's at Harvey's location and not Rachel's. Mm-hmm. The GCPD don't get there in time to save Rachel and she dies in a fiery explosion. 
Harvey is spared, but the part of his face that was dipped in gasoline catches fire as they barely escape his explosion. We see Joker free Lau from his cell, and when Gordon finds out, he he correctly guesses that Joker allowed himself to be arrested so he could free Lau. Batman stands solemnly over the rubble that is now his best friend and his best friend's last resting place. Yeah, damn, I love that image. I love that image. So, uh, two things for me, which is like one, yeah, it it, it is sort of fun to see how much how much space they spend on um both um both Dent and Gordon talking about where to take people, where to hold people, and how to hold. And how long the whole people in county, only yeah. for that to basically be like, okay, yep, yeah, we got duped for this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what and I'm count- saying. Like, I think they all bet on their their plan. Yeah, and Joker kind of danced around everybody's thing because he knew how predictable everybody would be. I've also always found it interesting that Batman never reacts to being yeah. duped. There's one. If there's one, if Beyond the Maggie Gyllenhaal thing, if there's one, uh, I guess a flaw, not a flaw. If there's one thing missing, I guess, that I, I don't feel like Batman is uh, so much of a ca- like a character in here, like a person. You he's think he's like, reacting? He's yeah, he's reacting to the situations around him and doing things, and and things happen. Batman chases after it. He falls short. Yeah. Yeah, I think if, if if there's one thing that the Batman has, I guess, it, it, over the Dark Knight is that it takes a it's a it's a it takes the character on an arc. <clears throat> yeah. And, th- and things happen to this character and you care about them as a character. Whereas this is like this is like pure bat like pure Batman to the veins. This like we don't have time. Right. He's just Batmaning the shit out of this. And I love it. I mean I love I, it. I I also like this aspect that Bruce thought that he would be the worst thing like the worst thing that gotham had to deal with right like he'd be the top of the line of that and because he's working on the side of good eh, it's okay if he breaks a couple of laws he never expected something like the joker like he never expected something that he couldn't figure out because all the people that he dealt with follow the drugs follow the money follow the drop points follow the bank he spends half the movie i was gonna say why he spends half the movie treating the joker like he's just another random thug but with face paint we yeah. talked about this on the Long Halloween podcast. Where it's like he didn't become Batman for a world with full of jokers and scarecrows no. and poison ivies. He became he Batman for a, a mob world to get rid of normal mob crime. All yeah. this other shit is like stuff that he maybe it maybe it's his fault, maybe it isn't. But you know. I, I I love that this even goes so far as to say that he so wasn't like ready for it that he like quits for a couple of years. He's like you know. Yeah, good. Like, yeah, that was a lot for me, and I'm gonna <laughs> go back home, and I'm gonna let some of these injuries rest. He's just over it. So, um, Bam, yeah, like I said Batman st- stands over the rubble. You get two iconic shots: Batman over the rubble, uh-huh. and Joker driving the squad car. Yes, I love that um, shot, and I love that it's like kind of silent. Yes, um, I love that it's him driving but his head is out the back window <laughs> shows how far he's leaning out how recklessly he's driving that car it's just he he his head is out the window like a dog's head is out oh. a window of a car um Alfred reads Rachel, reads Rachel's note that basically says that she 
thinks that he, uh, Bruce will never not need Batman, so she's going to marry Harvey because she loves him. She then goes on to say that even if Bruce doesn't need Batman, they can only be friends. She's such a bitch. I mean, yeah. I was at the end. I was like, oh, shut the fuck up, Rachel. Yeah. You, you're bit you're you're such a bitch because you act John like you understand. Cheering as he, as he as as Alfred burns the letter. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was no silently. I was out loud cheering. Good fuck you and your little last note. She she acts like she understands. And oh my god, Bruce, I yeah. totally understand. And when and when it's over, you know, uh, we can be together. And then she like tries to blame him. Like it's not even like okay, I understand. You know, like you know, kind of like Selena tells Bruce in the Batman. You know, like I see you're taken, but she means it in a way like I see Gotham needs you and you need Gotham. Rachel's like being a bitch. Like he's chosen Batman like a drug. Yeah, I, I also feel. Like- I, I always took it more as Selena knows he's he, he is more committed. He's in a much more committed relationship with Gotham than he would she's ever like, be to her. She's like, yeah, come with me. We'd, we'd have we'd have great sex, but I can see you. Look at the way you look at that damn siren. He only was. I get it. I get it. I fuck my city. She's the like, Rachel- but she gets it. Like, I don't think Rachel got it. I really don't think Rachel the got Rachel it. Thing to me, the Rachel thing to me feels like, you know, like when your kid asks for something and so you make up a reason. You know, mm. like, yeah, like oh. they wanted to be together. Oh, no, no, <laughs> we can't because you will never stop being Batman. Hey, Rachel, I'm not going to be Batman anymore. Well, don't don't unmask because then they won't let us be together. OK, well, you know, uh, I can find a way to be done with this. Well, even if you're not, I'm yeah, going to need Harvey. Batman. Yeah, you need oh. Batman. And even if you don't need Batman, I'm still going to marry Harvey. So it's like <laughs> she never wanted to do it. She always came up with excuses. And his dumb ass kept thinking that he had a chance. I'm totally going to give you this one last kiss, though. She deserved to die, and I'm glad Selena came into his life afterwards. Good riddance. She deserved Good to die. Riddance. I hope she burns in hell. Good riddance. It was a kind of that was a, a heart wrench. Um, all this letter is read over Batman visiting the now half scarred dent in the hospital, apologizing and gifting him the coin he gave Rachel, which was recovered from the explosion. Um, Alfred sees Bruce staring out the window, racked with grief and guilt. So Alfred decides to keep the letter from him. Especially when Bruce tells him that he believed Rachel was going to wait for him. (laughs) Wait for me, Alfred. He's like, "Uh, I'm going to take this real quick. He was like, Uh, oh, yes, she was, Master Bruce. Yes, she was. Uh, I'm just going to take this. And this is when he asks about the the forest and he burns it to the ground, basically alluding to the idea that Bruce is going to have to escalate matters if he wishes to catch uh, the Joker. Alfred's like, hey, this Batman thing is cool, but have you ever thought about killing them? And just yes. getting it over yes. with. Yes, because it's taking way too long. We couldn't wait. We just burned the whole shit down. Again, I I laugh at this really hilarious moment in um that Arkham Knight game where you're given the choice to uh pull the plug on Ra's al Ghul because like, he's dying. Oh in yes, the game yes, anyway, yes. right? It's like, Trotty problem. Cho- <laughs> yeah, he's you're given the choice to pull the plug on Ra's al Ghul and just let him die as he's supposed to do naturally, or to you know quote save him and. And it, it he basically asked the question to Alfred about like like should I take this man's life? And at and at some point I'm just like Bruce, you know I was special forces, right? Yeah. This is what I, I do on Tuesday. So many men before you. <laughs> You're really asking the And wrong I will person, kill so sir. many men after you. <laughs> if no, I had to do it, yeah. I would kill again. But again, like this is this is uh, you know, Bruce lived kind of a, a privileged life, you know, and um I like that he that the sanctity of life is something for him. But yeah, Alfred in this can see the black and white of it. Like 
lives are going to be lost either way. So either yeah. you you lose one life here, or you uh, continue. <laughs> you got to gotta commit to how bad this is going to get, or you need to get the yeah. fuck out. I yeah. love how earlier in the movie when the Joker's killing people until Bruce gives his name up, Batman's like, what should I do? And he's like, well, let him die. I don't what, yeah. what, what, yeah. do you, what do you mean? What should I do? They die, Bruce. Shit happens. Yeah. Don't yeah. worry about it. Right. And then here he's like, listen, you're going to have to burn this whole shit to the ground. <laughs> um, you were talking about that scene where Joker is uh, driving and it, it kind of hits us like a silent point here. I love this uh, this scene as well, where um, Harvey wakes up for the first time, and he feels his damaged face, and then he sees the the two headed coin, but one of the sides is burnt. A reminder of you know the a constant reminder now of what he lost with Rachel. Um, yeah, and he kind of screams and rips off his bandages in like a silent scene. I always thought that was very well done. But also, like kind of a white noise in the back. Yeah. Yeah, and we don't see his. We still don't see the uh, extent of his injuries yet. No, I think it, I feel like Harvey Harvey's time. What well, he didn't have much time left on this earth anyway. Like whether the things <laughs> happened or not, because yeah, just strictly because he wasn't medicating that side of his face. Like that's yeah. really something he should have taken. Like, I don't think he could have lasted more than a week. I, I don't something... think, yeah, I don't think the, he was concerned about living. Yeah, no, fuck, fuck that. Like he obviously wanted to die because he thought I'm going to die tonight. But I'm just saying like he was going to die anyway. Because yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was a fuck that was going to get infected. That was disgusting. And that's, that's from the long Halloween, isn't it? He left before he got any skin grass or any. Yeah, he any... jumps out the yeah. window, but you don't like it because it's a comic book and because they drew it like hamburger meat. Yeah. You, you, you just in the movie, you kind of see the exposed yeah. skeleton and everything. And you're like, this guy. No, yeah, yeah. Like, you just you just think about like, him like like crawling out of the car wreck. He puts himself in Maroni and it's just like yeah. that, that's infected immediately. Yeah. Like yeah. he's going to die. Yeah. Um, just when we think things can't get worse, God, Mr. No, I'm Reese, just imagining two faces with a bunch of like pus gross dirt in his uh, face. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I want to die yet, but this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone got some penicillin? <laughs> Can I speed this up? Just, just when we think things can't get worse, Mr. Reese, the uh, Wayne Enterprise employee who considered blackmailing Bruce Wayne, is shown on the news threatening to reveal Batman's true identity again. Because he's an idiot. Yep. Gordon visits Harvey in the hospital and is revealed that Harvey has been rejecting skin grafts and refusing medication. He makes Gordon tell him the name they used to call him in the major crimes unit. Harvey Two-Face. Two-Face's disfigurement was created using CGI uh, rather than prosthetic makeup because um, Chris Nolan felt that no matter how good the makeup was, it was still inherently adding something to the actor's face. Nolan's Uh like, Set him on fire. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, yeah. no, wait. <laughs> Set him on fire. Um, they they got the uh stand in the standing guy for the <laughs> for uh Aaron Eckhart. They're like, come over here real quick. We want to test something on you. Ah! It smells like gasoline. He's so- like, listen, we could do prosthetics, but that's adding things to the actor's face, and aren't we cheating when we yeah. do that? Set him on fire. No, CGI. No, then CGI. Yeah, whatever. Sure, sure. Why? Whatever's cheaper. Whatever's whatever's more legal. <laughs> um, but it that that logic does make sense because they did take away from his face. You know, it should be taken away from his face. Um, I love this a lot more. This look a lot more than the Batman Forever. 
um purple purple face purple yeah. face look he just got punched a lot on one side that's yeah. what it was like a baboon's ass but what do you guys think of this version of two-face this this look as revealed that was great um the it there's a lot of like nasty effects going on with like the jonah hex of his of it all with his face and like watching the jaw muscles muscle, move. yeah yeah and nasty. watching him try to drink oh yeah so nasty so good though it plays into this quote-unquote realistic vision that he had for the the trilogy where he didn't he doesn't sure. have he's not he's not blue he's not purple he's just burnt he's like oh i guess another thing i wanted to ask you guys is do you care that it's not the acid no, no i mean it's two faces two face i don't I'm, I'm not attached to how he got two-faced as long as he's two-faced okay. i like uh i like that they got the iconic snarl in there the only, yeah. the only, th- the only way I'd be upset about how he got two faces if they did the stupid Joker trick, but yeah. he just cuts it. Yeah, oh, that's I like. Dumb. Yeah, oh, God. I like. Like it was said, dumb that, when the Joker did it. Yeah, it was. Like you said, with the with the missing lips, you get the snarl mm-hmm. of the teeth, kind of just kind of bared at all times. And anytime he has to drink something, it just yeah. Oh my God! And it's it's gotta burn. Uh, anyway. Uh, Gordon tries to get him to tell him which one of his cops are corrupt, but it's too late. Harvey's too far gone and tells Gordon he isn't quite sorry. Not yet, at least. Very good uh, line uh, reading there. As he leaves, Jim bumps into Salvatore Moroni, who tells him he'll drop a hint to where the Joker will be. Completely forgot this scene happened. Completely forgot that Moroni's like, I totally know where he's going to be, and you can totally get him. Um because it doesn't ultimately end up happening because Joker meets up with the remaining mobsters and causes a stir when he sets half of their money on fire, which is his money, you know, his half that. of the money. I, I love that he kills Lau. I literally have in parentheses with Lau on top, question mark. Yeah. <laughs> he, definitely, he definitely was on top. They are yeah, he's tied up. off screen, but he's tied he definitely up and died. Yeah, no, no, no one really is going to go save him. No. Jim gets his men ready to converge on Joker's location, but he's distracted when he sees Reese on the screen. Joker promises to give Gotham a new class of criminal, saying it's not about the money, it's about sending a message. Everything burns. Joker, uh, I love that. Uh, oh, no way the ordinary people are going to try to kill this guy. And just oh, immediately yeah. cut to 15 people trying to kill this guy. And apparently it's like Texas where everyone has a fucking gun in Gotham. Everybody, because fucking <laughs> people take pot shots at Reese from all kinds of locations. But that's because um, Joker calls into the TV program that Reese is on and says he's changed his mind. He doesn't want Batman unmasked. He sets a bounty on Reese to be killed in one hour or else he blows up a hospital. Uh, Bruce takes his Lambo out, hoping to reach and protect Reese from anyone um with hospitalized family members gordon manages to get reese into a police escort vehicle and gotham city gotham general is evacuated for fear of being targeted batman messages gordon about cops who may have a motive to kill reese and one of them is right there with him joker cross dresses and visits two-face in the hospital saying he doesn't (laughs) want any hard feelings between the two can we talk about how much people hate this scene I love this didn't, scene. I didn't know that was a thing. People yeah. have this very uh, deep, just dis- deep uh, disdain for the fact that even though you can clearly see the face paint, 
Harvey oh. doesn't react until the mask comes off. Yeah, he just thought she was a very elderly woman with pancake makeup <laughs> on, I guess. Uh, my thing about this scene is, like, he reads very, like, Bugs Bunny in this, <laughs> the yeah. Joker. You know, he, he, which is a level of comedy, you know, like, like 40s, 50s comedy, which kind of harkens back to the creation of the character. So I think all yeah. that stuff is pretty interesting there. Like, he, he steps away from just kissing Harvey, you know? <laughs> like, he, like, yeah. like he would Elmer Fudd or whatever like that. Um but yeah, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of comments on just like how like it, it's gotten memed a few times. <laughs> like Harvey doesn't know this is the Joker until he takes the mask off. Like it's really that's what you did the lips. Ridiculous. He's also got one eye, right? The other one's like bur- it, it, It's there, <laughs> but it's burned. It's got it's, it's at, at the very it's a, at the very least dry. Yeah, disgusting. Because he can't blink. It ha- it hasn't helped his ability to catch a co- it hasn't perturbed yeah. his ability to catch the coin. Yeah. Right. It, he's, he's always just staring at it. It'd be funny if his head was always turned with one yeah. eye, looking for where the coin is. Um, so he pretends to not have any control in the matter, and he blames the corrupt cops and even Gordon for constantly scheming as to why you know the stuff with Rachel happened. And he says it's nothing personal. Um, the way he's able to convince, like, just be like, "Oh, listen, I'm just one somebody else here. I'm caught in the middle, just like you." Isn't it weird how they're always scheming around this? Like the way he's able to twist all this around. Um, it, they, he says it later on, but this is his um, Hail Mary. This is his, because he, he wants to believe the stuff with the fairy is going to work and he wants to believe the stuff with Batman is going to work. But ultimately when both of those things fail, it's this conversation that sets off in motion his ace in the hole proof that Gotham will corrupt any man that no man is uncorruptible. Yeah. Um, and it starts with this conversation here with the, um, you know, I don't have plans, just a dog chasing tires. Chaos is the only thing that's fair. Um, and Harvey seems convinced. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the, the gun hammer, uh-huh. the hammer of the pistol that when Joker hands him the pistol, he's keeping his own thumb on the hammer. So that even if uh, Harvey were to pull the trigger, it wouldn't fall. So even w- when it looks like he's giving up control, he still has control. Yeah. Uh, and Harvey flips the coin for the first time in here to decide somebody's fate, and uh, Joker is allowed to live. Um, Batman spots a possible attacker, attacker and crashes his Lambo into the vehicle, pretending not to know what's going on with the whole Reese scenario. With Reese left alive after an hour, Joker blows up the hospital in hilarious fashion. Uh-huh. I love that um uh, bruce gives reese a look like it's, it's a very vague look but it's a look like you know like yeah okay, oh, buddy. about that yeah hey how you doing uh, i, I want... save everybody i save all of you <laughs> motherfuckers including you what are yeah. we thank you choices yeah man maybe um, don't come in on monday talking about <laughs> yeah for real right talking talking didn't you get the memo <laughs> speaking of um urban legends this hospital demolition scene right big urban legend that uh it was unplanned that the mm-hmm. thing the bomb really didn't go off yeah all that kind of stuff uh in reality chris nolan explains in the special features thing that um the special effects coordinator devised the moment as a way for Heath Ledger to get out of the building and as away from the building as he could. 
so that oh. it would be more delayed. Um, in Nolan's word, words, they would literally drop the building to the ground without harming the actor all in one shot. Oh. He did really blow up that building. That was a real demolition. That's why those things look so uh, effective because these are real explosions. Um, he talks early on about just needing gasoline, dynamite, you know, yeah. and we, we see how far that goes for this character. I will say uh, um, this this one whole plot just reminds me of uh, one of my favorite movies, which is Die Hard with a Vengeance. Mm-hmm. The whole thing about the idea of just like the mass panic of saying, I put a bomb in a school. Yeah. You don't know which one it is. Have fun with that. Yeah, I mean, there's 50 of them within the city limits. Schools and even, you know, like, he said a hospital. That's what yeah. he said. He said a hospital. Uh, yeah, yeah. The school one's like from Die Hard, but yeah. No, 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 no. What I mean is that he, uh, like you said, he didn't specify a hospital. No, yeah, hospital, no, no, no. You know, so like. I put a what, bomb at a hospital somewhere. What, have fun with that. What do we do? You know, um, I love Gordon trying to talk down that cop. You know? Um Yeah. Just how you doing, son? Gary Oldman's yeah, Gary Oldman's there. <laughs> yeah, Gary Oldman's just killing it, man. He's so good at this. Um, afterwards, Gordon asks about casualties, and even though everyone's out safe, one of the buses containing fifty people has gone missing, and Dent has gone missing. Mm. Suddenly, there's another news report with Joker footage as he forces his hostage, news anchor Mike Ingle, to tell the city that he's tired of them not playing along. Again, he's a brat. No, none, none of his plans are working out right. He wanted Reese dead and Reese didn't freaking die. Mm-hmm. He wanted to blow up a hospital full of people. There was nobody there to blow up. You know, um, he wanted Batman to be unmasked. Didn't work. He wanted to kill Harvey Dent. Didn't work. Yeah. None of these things are working. He's getting more and more frustrated because he's doing these social experiments. And it, it's, it's literally the math isn't working out in his favor. So now he's got to take it up at Anthony. Or Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. Uh. Lucius is informed about a break in in the R&D department and is made aware that Bruce has used the cell phone sonar tech they used to get Lau to create a map of the entire city simultaneously using everybody's cell phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Toonface confronts the corrupt cops and the mobsters one by one, flipping his coin to decide their fates, resulting in the cold-blooded murders of Wirtz and Maroney's driver. The driver. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Back with Lucius, Fox agrees to help by monitoring the sonar, but says he will resign if the machine is not destroyed after Joker is gone, believing it to be a massive breach of privacy. This is the, you know, you've gone too far crossing the line kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll, he'll be gone after this, right? He doesn't do... Oh, no, he's in the next one, but he doesn't he's help Bruce all that yeah. much, right? Yeah, because he does the uh, the other weird, big invention bomb thing the oh core, the, the nuclear core the thing. energy the energy thing yeah. energon <laughs> globe <laughs> whatever it's called we'll have a, we'll have a nice talk about that won't we yes gordon is told Whoa. oh <laughs> gordon is told to keep harvey's disappearance quiet while gothamites run for its border scared of what joker joker will target next Gordon suggests putting Gotham's criminals on a ferry, thinking that they will be targeted. And we later learn that Joker has indeed targeted and rigged two ferries uh, to explode. One full of evacuees from the hospital and the other one full of criminals. He gives each ferry a detonator to the other's bomb and tells them that if one boat blows up, he'll spare the other. But he warns that them that unless a decision is made, he will blow up both ferries at midnight. 
uh, he literally causes a social experiment. Uh-huh. Like he's literally playing a game. He he thinks he's above it all. Um, both fairies a fun are- game because in my head, Joker kills them both anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I could totally see that happening as well. You know, he, he I could totally see him having it happen. One of them blow up him laughing at Batman's face that he got him to do that and then blowing the other one up because why waste a good explosion? Yeah. Um, both fairies argue amongst themselves over what to do next. Harvey uses Ramirez to get Gordon's wife and son to the location Rachel died at before pistol whipping her. Uh, both of the Oh, sorry. The boat with the civilians votes on what to do next while the criminals argue over what the choice can be. Uh-huh. Batman finds a building he thinks Joker is in, but decides to go in alone instead of letting the GCPD help because he doesn't believe all is what it seems. Another great line um, delivery here is Gary Oldman saying, um, we've got to save Dent. I've Hi, got to save Dent. <laughs> like, it breaks my fucking heart. Like He knew he lost that. He knew he lost him. And he lost him to Gotham and he never fucking forget it. Literally this this failure leaks into the next film as well with the with the you know um eulogy. Yeah. And and, and all of this. This 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 failure is something that's Gotham gonna follow fly. that's gonna follow Gordon. But that I have to save that <laughs> so so such a vulnerable moment right there uh for Gordon. Um Using the sonar, he finds out that the Joker has ironically disguised his henchmen as hostages, and the hostages as henchmen. Uh, the hen- the hostages are henchmen gagged with duct tape and have clown masks over their faces, and guns taped to their hands. Uh, you know, so they can look like the henchmen. Mm. Thankfully, Batman is able to clear the air and not only take down uh, the real criminals, but also use the SWAT team as well. Uh, once the team realizes that they are what's actually going on, they're able to arrest the real criminals and save the real hostages. A huge criminal grabs a detonator on the yacht, on the bo- yacht, on the ferry, uh, <laughs> stating that he be- doesn't believe any of them to have the strength of what to do what's necessary. He grabs a detonator and tosses it off the ferry, sealing their fate. A similar scene happens with the civilians as one man deems himself strong enough to do what's right, but ultimately can't bring himself to condemn the criminals to death. What a pussy. That guy was such a pussy. I don't, <laughs> like, he made such a big deal about what he was about to do and then didn't do it. Um, could you make this decision, Gigi? Absolutely not. John? I don't, I don't know that I have ever been in a situation close to something like that. It's yeah. not... I don't it like me sitting in my couch talking to you guys. No, you know, I can't yeah. kill 500 people. But if if I they're presenting me with my life and I've never been in a situation where I've had my life presented to me on, yeah. on a platter. Sure. So like, I don't know. I, I think there's you. a I think there's the one line in that situation that always really stuck out to me, which was to say, we're still here. So obviously they're still thinking about it. Yeah, that's a that's a true moment of, of of hope and faith. But one of the ones that is a bit discouraging is the general idea that people have towards criminals or anyone who's kind of messed yeah. up in life, which is the idea that they've had their chance. Yeah. You know, that gets said, which is like, damn, you know. But like, then that guy pussies out on it too. Yeah, yeah, he totally does. And if Debo would have found out, Debo would have whooped his ass. <laughs> he gonna whoop him in the afterlife. He said, What? Yeah. 
The Joker and Batman have one last uh, meetup as the Joker sends Rottweilers after the Batman who managed to uh, who he managed to neutralize. However, Batman is blindsided by the Joker with a steel pipe. The Joker manages to subdue Batman under a column and forces him to watch as midnight approaches, waiting for one of the fairies to explode, but nothing happens as neither the citizens nor the convicts are willing to kill the other. The Joker looks on in confusion as Batman says to him, What were you trying to prove? That deep down everyone is as ugly as you? you? You're alone. It's as ugly as you. <laughs> Unfazed, Joker pulls out a detonator preparing to blow both ships. However, he's caught off guard when Batman projects the steel spikes from his gauntlet at the Joker, causing him to release his grip on Batman and the detonator. And to John's point, makes a joke, right? Like, I know how you got these. <laughs> you know how you got these cars? I don't know, but I know how you got these. Uh, that's a bit of a one-liner. You know, that's a, that's a one-liner, if I've ever heard of one. Um, where'd it go? Oh, yeah. So... Batman then throws the cackling man off the building, but to Joker's annoyance, Batman refuses to kill him, instead grabbing him with a grapple gun and leaves him hanging upside down. Uh, beautiful cinematography. The camera starts to put Joker right side up as he starts to, you know, give his final monologue. Um, Joker acknowledges that Batman is really incorruptible, but that Dent is no longer the White Knight. He's unleashed the scarred man on the city and dubbed him his ace in the hole. Mm-hmm. If Batman is never going to kill Joker and Joker won't kill Batman, then Joker will use the corruption of Dent to show the world that nothing matters. Batman leaves to find Two-Face while the SWAT team moves in and arrests the Joker. In a lesser film, this would have been a tremendous ending. The idea that we still have to deal with Dent after this makes this movie chef's kiss. Yeah. You know, because it, we have to deal with the after effects of a villain like the Joker. It's not just what Joker has done, but what will happen because he's even interacted with the city. Mm-hmm. So at the place where Rachel died, Two-Face beats down Gordon after everything they've been through and is angry to see cops outside the building closing in on them. Gordon tells him that they only know that there's a situation and nothing about what's happening. Then, uh, then decides to kill Gordon's son to show him what, sense, what senseless loss truly means and stands, stands at the edge of the building holding the child at gunpoint. Uh, Batman finds Dent and tries to reason with Toothface and tells him to point the gun at the people truly responsible for Rachel's death. So the former DA is like, yeah, that's great. That's a great idea. I didn't even think about that. Uh, he flips the coin for their fate. Batman is shot. Gordon is spared. And so is Dent, who puts the gun against his own head. At least that's fair, right? He was seemingly going to uh, put himself on trial there as well. Uh-huh. He did. He, he really did. He's yeah. really up to chance. That would have been hilarious, actually. He just had to blow his brain out. Damn. He should, he should have went first. Lucky right? you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lucky you. <laughs> um, uh, the, the This whole scene, the frantic nature of Dent just yelling how unfair life is uh-huh. and how it, it almost doesn't pay to be decent. We've all been there, right? Yeah, we've all been at the end of our ropes. Obviously, not with this massive loss of life, but even with any loss of life that I felt, you do feel kind of betrayed by whatever rules this world is supposed to act on when when it comes to good and evil, and you know, uh, nice and, guys and, and all this other kind of stuff. There's a great line that, like, there's that great, at least I thought was, I feel like it's a great line that plays into what a lot of um tragic narratives are, which is to be trying to be like a decent man in an indecent time. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, B 
being the wrestling nerd I am, I likened it to like exactly why the old Bret Hart heel turn happens. No, because totally he tried to be, he tried to come back and be the same guy, and that world wasn't then <laughs> the world he was rejected in wasn't him. it anymore. Yeah, they, they 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 that they rejected that version of him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like this is a man whose image, <laughs> reputation, life, legacy, all corrupted by Gotham, mm-hmm. like all like e- erosion, like his face, you know, like literally yeah. burning off the good um that that's there with him and putting the gun to the kid like all of that like you're like this is who is this person this isn't the same person that we started this film with he's so far gone for Um, all of joker's plans that didn't work uh corrupting harlem's white knight was pretty freaking effective he nailed that one all the way down even took even effectively took batman out of the picture and got them by by successfully yeah. doing this yeah and i think when you consider um the casualty to get this joke off the ground that's the biggest tragic nature of all this right mm. like it was this man's life in the middle of all this and he was seemingly tortured to his last breath <laughs> you know torture or in some sort of emotional or physical pain for the last of his days regardless of all the good that he they got them i think specifically of you know we're not going to keep all these guys in custody well think of how great gotham could be with a couple of weeks of clean streets Uh like just that much good made him optimistic about this city and now there's nothing left none of that good is left he's pointing his gun at a child again you know like yeah we're far from that um gordon begs for his son's life asking to be taken instead but before dent can determine the boy's fate batman tackles him over the side of the building saving gordon's son even though the coin did land face up so yep hard you guys listen, we, do, we don't what? know i just I've, I've i've thought about that coin scene a little bit because i think that the coin not as much was, as everyone else has. <laughs> I, I think probably not I think that the coin only lands face up because of Batman's actions, like in more than one way. I like, can feel boy, not, he it's, it's, coin, it's, yeah. it's, an, it's a narrative coin flip. Yeah, like it's double. It's a double meaning. You know, the boy only lived because of Batman's actions, and the coin because of Bat because Batman made his own luck. Yeah, he made sure that the, the coin. He made sure what the result was going to be before the coin even. fell. Well, is it is it an episode of the animated series where the f- stupid fucking coin just? lands on top it lands on the side, on the side there's yeah. a thing there it might have been the animated series uh it sounds like and, and, something and that Harvey only just works freaks the fuck out like what do you mean <laughs> yeah it's not it's not as funny as when uh batman and batman forever throws a bunch of coins at harvey harvey's yeah. like my coins, my coins. <laughs> looks like freaking super mario like ah oh, no he just had those coins in his pocket though he was jangling the whole time he's fighting crime <laughs> just like, yeah here we go um it's gotta offset you like you feel the weight yeah yeah and then like harvey dies from a broken neck as a result of the fall but batman and gordon decide uh batman, that batman doesn't kill no he doesn't the he doesn't. fall killed the fall harvey. the fall there was uh, a f- <laughs> <laughs> but he could have caught him john no no he could he not have he didn't have to kill him he, he didn't have to, to kill. save him he had to kill him 
<laughs> and so uh, he did. And so he did. That's that's. This should have been a narrator <laughs> saying that at the end of the film. <laughs> he had to kill him, and so he did. The he, end. Dro- he drops to his knees and hugs Gordon while he's crying. You know? I, I, I didn't want to do it. Yeah, this this, this comes like, up a lot. This comes up a lot when you uh, have the whole Batman doesn't kill thing. They're just like, there, there's always a, a mixed review as far as <laughs> does, it, does it technically like did he kill Harvey? He, I like yeah. to say he tries not to kill. Batman tries not to kill. He does not kill. I, I think Batman would tell you that Harvey <laughs> died a long time ago. He Harvey <laughs> died way before this. That's a nice way to right. try to get out of this. That's, right. that's, that's very convenient <laughs> for you, please. Yes. <laughs> Whatever you say, Master Wayne. <laughs> I, 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 I killed the inhuman entity known as Two Face. Harvey was already dead. <laughs> Harvey died a long time ago, uh, Alfred. Whatever you say, Master Wayne. Whatever you oh say. Oh, my God. That logic only works on zombies. <laughs> yes, it does. Um,. So uh, Gordon and Bruce, well, Batman, decide that the Joker will win if anyone found out that dense, about dense corruption and madness because people would lose hope. Batman conv- convinces Gordon to tell Gotham that he, not Dent, committed the murders in order to preserve Dent's image as Gotham's white knight and to give the city hope. Gordon is reluctant to do so, but Batman explains that he's whatever Gotham needs him to be. While... Uh, while the future events show that Gordon break, destroys the bat signal in front of the police and the press, and a manhunt is issued for Batman. Alfred burns the note Rachel left, knowing Bruce will be heartbroken if he reads it. Lucius destroys the sonar vision technology, uh, and Gotham has a funeral for its white knight. Batman takes off into the night, but Gordon's son does not understand the reasoning for why Batman must be hunted. But Gordon explains, because he can take it. Because he's not a hero, he's a silent guardian, a watchful protector, a dark knight. Now, I think it was this film, but I think that the Batman theme in general is very scarcely used, and they saved it for the right fucking point part of this film. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, and also, this is when the title card drops, right? Because the title card doesn't drop. Yeah, the he, the yeah, that's that, that's like Nolan's thing. He drops at the end. So good. Um, this film, again, so good. But that ending, especially mm. that ending of just shows how like I. It's almost tragic how other Batman media depicts Gordon or downplays Gordon because this trilogy shows how integral he is to all this and the yeah. understanding mm. of Gotham and how Gotham works and you know the casualties buffoon, like not too long before this right you know um but this movie is still enigmatic like it's it's still hypnotizing at points it's still it's it's everything i want in a batman film and i don't really know how to improve upon this um and even if something does improve upon this as i've shown it's still going to have a very uh, intimate place in my heart. I, I really, really, really dig this film and what it was able to do for comic book media in general. You know, there's no, without a shadow of a doubt, people started giving comic book movies more, but higher budget, more A-list actors uh-huh. and, you know, real good directors and, and screenwriters because of films like this. Uh, if it wasn't Although for maybe it, a little yeah. too much super grim dark. <laughs> that, there's also that as well, you know, um, copycats for this film this franchise and this tone will exist for the next 20 years 
we're still seeing it. They're still all failing in comparison. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I still really, really dig this. And I think that this is also the high point of the trilogy. So I am very it's interested. It's the high point of superhero films. <laughs> like, yeah, it's all downhill from here. In the beginning. <laughs> no, nah, it's not all downhill, but it's, it's, all, it's, it's not all downhill, but it's a valley. It, it's a, it's a, it's a it's little. down for a while. It's down for I, a while. I, I, it's, you know, we, uh, we're not I, climbing I think anymore. There's, I, I, yeah, I think there's a respectable point to say that we, we streamlined a respectable height for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Before we I, went uh, down and then found its way back up. I yeah. just love I just love that the movie really ends up being about Batman's legend. Like he's it's it's about Batman, but it's about the legend of Batman. Like the whole the whole movie too. Alfred telling Bruce he has to endure because Batman is bigger than Bruce or whatever. And then the uh-huh. the whole uh, using the idea of Batman to shield Gotham from their own truth. I love that shit. God damn. Yeah, it. this is um it's, this is the quantity assurance part of the thing, right? Where he's made Batman, but Joker is testing it. You know, like he's 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 it's a trial by fire. So much yeah. fire in this film, but they they're going out of their way, Joker, to like stress test Batman. Like he's <laughs> this is like the real audition, not what uh-huh. he did when he first started in the first film. But this is like let's let's bend and twist and you know manipulate this idea and see if it endures and it does he proves by being more than a man because harvey was just a man he proved uh-huh. by being more than a man he he can be something bigger and thus stronger um than the image or the idea that one man could do anything he's he's a, he is an idea overall uh-huh. um and like i said the all that the tragedy of um Harvey Dent, and then the almost the cockiness of Gordon and Batman at times, thinking that they have it, and then just the chaos they're thrown into when they realize that they are in over their own heads as well. Oh. Such a great film, it's so much even fun when they think to get they're back winning. to it. Yeah, even when they think they're winning, and even when even now when they're seemingly won, they will have to tell this lie for another couple of years, and then that gets unearthed. There's consequences in this universe, which is what matters. You know, the Batman existing creates Joker. Joker existing creates Two Face. Two Face existing makes them have to create Dent Act and so on and so forth. Wait, what's the term for? It? It's like it's a, a Pyrrhic victory. Yeah, I think so that's called it's, a Pyrrhic it's, victory. It's empty. It's a victory if that <laughs> and only that they got the Joker off the streets because really they lost a lot. They lost Harvey. They lost Batman. They they had Gotham living under lies for eight years. Yeah. Uh, it also makes it so that Joker is the only villain in this trilogy to live. And um, uh, Nolan said that if he knew he was doing a trilogy, he wouldn't have killed Harvey. Uh, no, so I like it better this way. It's easy. It's uh, I like to. I like to. For him to be the, the massive world. casualty, like literally, like a literal yeah. casualty of this war, I think is is. We cool. we talked about it before where we read the long Halloween and we talked about how Batman's mission is just a long defeat. Like there is no winning in the end, he will yeah. lose because that's just the way it is. I think I, is it. I think there's the line. In, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, but I'm, I'm I'm it's in my head and I'm thinking about it and now I've realized it's actually from the book where um the message is delivered through the film instead of said where it's essentially like 
did we win? And it's just like, yeah, but I won't know for a while if it was worth it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the long Halloween. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and while it isn't said, that emotion and that idea is definitely pushed through this. Yep, I, I feel that 100%. And then the comic that would go on to parody superheroes, Watchmen would go on to have that iconic line, right? Uh, was it all worth it in the end? Mm-hmm. You know, no, nothing ever ends. And it, it's the same thing, this, this, this countless, endless war. Not only can you, not only will it ever end, but the casualties are, are climbing up. I was just looking at the heroes in crisis panels with Batman and he just balls because he's like, I take on partners and they die. You yeah. know, like this, that's, that's what happens. And, um, you, you really see the, the fuelty in thinking that you, that this is your responsibility for the rest of your life. It's, it's not a way to go. I think it's funny you mentioned Watchmen, but the Dark Knight reminds me of Watchmen in the way that it's uh, not in the story, but in the mm-hmm. way that its legacy ends up influencing its medium, and maybe yeah. not for the best. <laughs> not right. always for the best. Yeah, no. when when an Elseworld story becomes can like you know canon and main continuity and all that kind of stuff, it's like wait, not wait, even wait. that. Just just Watchmen when Watchmen came out, you know, it's this amazing story. It's a commentary on superheroes. It's a commentary on the world. It's great. Everybody loves it. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's legendary. We're never gonna forget it. And then for the next thirty years. Everybody else thinks they can also make Watchmen, and yeah, like, that's that's how. In that way, that's how the Dark Knight reminds me of Watchmen. Because now, for the last five, ten, fifteen years or whatever, we've gotten people trying to recreate the Dark Knight. Like they literally, as soon as the Dark Knight trilogy was done, Warner Brothers was like, "Can we, can we do it again with Superman? Mm-hmm. Can we do it again?" Can you believe we live in a world where we will be both anticipating a Batman and a Joker sequel, and they will have never met? Uh, no, I don't like this world. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, for all the re- for all the problems people have with the Joker getting a second movie, my problem is that the first story was was too great. Like it's done, close it. Yeah. The door is closed. You close the door on every single possible thing you can close. There is no further reason to explore that character. The character has been studied. Thank uh-huh. you yeah. very much. <laughs> even even further than that, like I know you as a Batman fan, probably like if somebody went too hard, let's say uh, praising Arrow, right? It would only take so long before you're like, listen, <laughs> listen, you wait a that? minute. Yeah, yeah. It 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 takes it takes so much from other things to make it great that it's hard to argue that Arrow on its own strength of the character Green Arrow works. Um, in the same sense. I've seen all the films Joker took things from, and almost all of them are better, in my opinion, than the Joker film. I like that they. See, used I don't it for like that, that argument. I actually hate that argument because it Why? was like it for was Joker a, or for Arrow. For Joker, because okay. Arrow was like Arrow did it because they had to, but they thought like nobody noticed. So you could make the you could make the argument. Oh, okay, 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 okay. For Joker, it was the point of the movie. Like it was yeah. what the movie was, you know. So like making that argument is like, well, I I hate the way the sun is yellow in the in the morning. Like I I mean I if you do I mean I'm sorry, but that's just but but the idea to me the idea <laughs> the, the idea to do a remake of something that is semi well known if, at least have cult following stuff like Taxi Driver and just like just slapping the Joker on it like with without the paint without Bruce and without Crime Alley. This is just I mean, if, 
if we were having this conversation before the movie came out and blew everyone away and was a success to the point that they had to make a sequel, I would agree, maybe. Oh. Maybe. But Be it worked. That success, though. Be careful it with worked. that success. <laughs> and that's why they're going to do it again. Because it worked. It, because <sighs> it was what it was. They literally even, like, as soon as it came out, people... Before the movie even came out, everybody knew it's going to be Taxi. It's going to be uh, the other fucking movie, the other Robert De Niro movie. We knew. Everybody yeah. knew. And that's exactly what it was. And then it blew a bunch of people away. And people who liked the original movies were mad. Like, how, well, how come you guys never watched Taxi? Well, half of them, one, weren't born. And the other yeah. half just don't care because they don't want to watch that. They wanted to see Joker. And that's what they got. See, oh, but you know what it is? It's like, it's like something that's happening currently that people were kind of rallying against these these masturbatory Bret Hart matches, right? Okay. I don't think anybody. But I don't think was, anybody was rallying against them. I feel that like was you no, but the line, that line, that line being said, I believe alludes to the fact that some people think that it's cheating to take the script from the best screenwriter, right, and then just do that. Right. I think so. I think people it, who had problems with that have other problems with the p- people that were telling those stories. That, <laughs> but uh, there, there could also there could also be that. Yeah, too, but there's I guess, a lot of that. I there's a lot of that. It I, it. I, go ahead. I can't. I just can't. I can't. It feels. Uh, it's not pretentious. It's it's another word because it's like the the people making this argument. A lot of them are just. It's like man. These movies that they took from are on the pedals still on the pedals still of films. Like, why won't you people get this? Like, Joker sucks because it's all these things, and and, and it's like I'm fairly certain they get it, and they just don't care. They're just screaming into the wind about something that probably it it just it doesn't matter because it's it's it it was done on purpose. It's not like someone stumbled and they're taking all this credit for something, and and it's like, well, you took it from Taxi, and they're like, no, I didn't. This was all my idea originally. Right. I think initially Scorsese was supposed to be tackling all this stuff, which, you know, that's all his stuff anyway. Uh, but he yep. was an executive producer under Phillips. Um, but regardless of what I had against it or what people dig about it, two seemingly has a bigger, you know, like it's going to have bigger shoes to fill because those things won't exist, right? And then then we'll we'll really see what this all is unless it's like a shot for shot home alone or mm. something and we're like oh we know this we know this as well <laughs> but i do wonder uh how you go forward with a joker um I, do they do batman they probably won't have the restraint not to you know it might do a time jump who the hell knows but we'll be dealing with a lot of batman and joker with yeah in general we'll be dealing with a lot of batman with this uh and a lot of lack of batman with gotham knights and stuff like that so he'll he'll never get out of the zeitgeist, just like uh, the Dark Knight will never get out of the zeitgeist. And yeah, I thought it was real fun getting back into this story um, and covering all this stuff here. Next week we'll be tackling the Dark Knight Rises, uh-huh. um, which I haven't seen beginning to end in several years at this point. Really? Uh, yeah, in my mind, I car I car. Pe- compartmentalize it as being a very long film but let's see on rewatch if i if i still feel the weight of that watch because at this point i would have already seen a two and 40 two hour and 45 minute the batman you know right right so so i do comparatively want to see how that feels it's going to be a lot of changes and a lot of talks next week about (laughs) about how this all goes but 
to finish up this conversation last week i told you guys to pick a scene from batman begins that makes you think of the the entire film or what scene you think of when you think of the film which one is it for this one the dark knight what scene is it in your mind that encapsulates what you think about when you think about this film oh uh, probably joker with the fucking head out hanging out of the window i that yeah that comes to my head a lot like even when i'm just in a car like yeah. just doing doing <laughs> i'm thinking about it i'm thinking about putting that. my head out acting like a dog who's yeah. on a ride yeah i can see that um i always think of that image that gets edited and moved around a lot of um joker sitting at the interrogation desk and just batman looming over the top of him yeah they like to switch that up with several different versions yeah I'll say that now, like, like my the big one, obviously, I think is an interrogation scene. I think that that goes hand in hand. But now with the stuff with the no long Halloween, it's those three in front of the bat symbol. Sure. That feels like the war. That feels like the story there. Um, but yeah, you can't go wrong. And like I said, with this music, like the Hans Zimmer music is what I listen to when I read Batman. Like it's Same. it's baked in at this point. So, so much of this is colored what I like about Batman. And again, some people learn good lessons from this. Some people learn bad ones, but we'll see what lessons will be carried on to next week. Uh, in the next week's episode, when we cover the dark Knight rises, but I just want to thank hey, everyone hey. for listening. As far as you guys have gotten in this one, this was a bit of a long one, but always a fun one, especially talking Batman have to do, give the man the due diligence, especially in the 10 year anniversary for all this. So I want to thank you guys. Uh, every single episode is available at comicbookclick.com of the Major Issues Podcast. There's over 200 episodes. Uh, so go to comicbookclick.com for not only episodes of the podcast, every single one, but articles written by us, merchandise designed by us at T Public, which we get a kickback. So consider making a purchase there. Just hit that shop CBC link. Um, we are all over wherever podcasts are found Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, the Apple Podcast app, TuneFind, YouTube um spotify pandora facebook is not holding us anymore but it is what it is we 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 hold no uh that Ill was will. weird they lasted for so like weird. a month and they were like uh never mind they're like super awesome. into it and then they were like i guess we can't monitor it so <laughs> just I, never, I never even got to try it i'm so disappointed <laughs> absolutely it's absolute garbage um we want to hear you guys. We want to have these conversations with you guys. So you guys got a week. Let us know what you guys think of uh, Dark Knight Rises. Hit us up at facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Uh, there's several ways you can help us out monetarily by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. For as little as $3 a month, 10 cents a day, you can help us keep our lights on here and afford the hardware and the software we need to keep producing content for you guys free of charge. Like the Major Issues Podcast, which drops every single Wednesday, knock on vibranium. We haven't missed one yet for you guys, so consider helping us out. It helps us tremendously. If you can't help us out that way, consider um, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, which is the quickest way to find out how we can grow as podcasters by finding out what you guys like and what you don't. I've been to the future where we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books, comic book media, but I can't tell you how we do it or I end up with half my face burnt off and nobody wants that. 
So <laughs> make sure that you join the bandwagon before the bandwagon gets full, that you're following us all over our socials, that you're rating, reviewing us and telling us, telling a friend to tell a friend about the major issues podcast. So hopefully they can jump in before we finish up our dark night trilogy retrospective. Um, I know that we're also at major issues on Twitter, but I also know that you guys may have some stuff to plug. Absolutely. Uh, Make sure you check out Dershi Radio every single Tuesday morning or whenever you like to listen to your podcasts about pro wrestling. And uh, check out Geek Sheet, our weekly geek news podcast that's just started over on the Dershi Radio site where I team up with Peter Melnick to shit talk all of the latest <laughs> ongoings in the world of pop culture. It's getting the hottest of hot takes over there at Geek Sheet. This I, I I love the ability to comment on, you know, the comings and goings every week because comic news is batshit. No pun it intended. It really with is this, with this stuff. But literally every week I go, what? <laughs> I was just, I was just amused to have um, John get a moment to just absolutely um, lampoon the fucking Star Wars comics. Yeah. Oh man, I was so I was so uh, <laughs> I. I was so glad someone opened the door for me. You to see, on it he just revved you right up for that one and let you go down the street. I felt the battery spinning on my back. I was like, ah, <laughs> I rent time. I have the power. <laughs> Seriously. So good. So, yeah, check out Geek Sheet. Check out Dirt Sheet Radio. Make sure you come back here uh, as part of the Major Issues Podcast. Follow Comic Book Click wherever Comic Book Click is. But that will be all for this week. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I'm Gregory this Thomas, a.k.a. G.T. Weaver. I'm Jonathan Escudero. I like to interrupt Gregory. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been our uh, Dark Knight. A recap and review and remember whether you're just a dog chasing tires whether you're gotham's white knight or whether you're the hero not the hero that gotham deserves but the hero that gotham needs right now remember that we always need you remember that you're part of the clique and always remember that you yes you are worthy